1: Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora.
0: What up, QLS fam? It's Liam. And this QLS classic takes us back to a time when the whole crew went to Los Angeles, did a few interviews. Oh, but this one right here is special. I'm talking about Joy. Yes, I'm taking you back to February 14th, 2018, where we sat down with Joy, singer, songwriter, producer. She talks about her debut album, uh, how it changed the direction of Madonna's bedtime stories, working with Fishbone, um, and her spot in the Dungeon Family Tree, and so much more. Check this out.
3: Suprema, Sup, Sup, Suprema, roll call. Suprema. Su-
4: su- suprema, roll call, Suprema. Sup, sup, Suprema, roll call, Suprema. Sup, sup, Suprema, uh, roll right call. Right this block got
1: me feeling pressure. Yeah, yeah. I'm going insane. Yeah. yeah, no joy. Frankie Beverly reference. Yeah, yeah. For sunshine and rain. <laughs>
3: roll call, <laughs> Suprema. Sup, <laughs> sup, suprema. Su- su- <laughs> suprema, roll call, Suprema. Sup, su, Suprema Roll
2: Call. Fonte's
4: in the building. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm about. Yeah. I made a record with joy. Yeah. In my house. Roll
3: Call.
2: Suprema. Suprema (laughs) Roll Call. Suprema. Sup, Sup, Suprema Roll Call.
4: My name is Sugar. Oi. I'm your boy.
2: Oi. I bring you joy. Boy, I bring you a oh joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Suprema,
3: <laughs> sum, sum, <laughs> Suprema roll call. You are Suprema. Sup Suprema. 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 Suprema roll call. While
2: Bill is here, yeah, trying to find a rhyme. Yeah, but I'ma pass it to Laia. Yeah, cause I ran out of time.
3: <laughs> suprema, sup sup suprema. Roll call. Suprema, sup su- sup Roll call. It's Laia. <laughs> yeah, and
0: I'm a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. motherfucking Joy. Yeah. my first real girl crush. Roll call. Suprema. Right. It, it don't matter. Su- 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 suprema. Roll call. Oh. Suprema.
3: Sup su- suprema roll call.
5: Sometimes they call me kitty. Yeah. Sometimes they call me pussy. Yeah. Sometimes they call me sugar.
1: Yeah.
5: But today I'm gonna be Suprema. <laughs>
1: suprema, I was saying su- su- you run Suck, suck,
2: suprema roll call. Suprema. Suck, suck, su- <laughs> suprema roll call. Suprema. Sup suck, suprema roll call. All right. Ha. Boy. Thank God that's over <laughs> I that yeah. a Freestyler I am not. I'm a little rusty on that
1: you know. I'm awful you, Yeah you can tell it's been a minute yeah. uh, Sorry black
0: dog everybody looking bad it's Yeah
1: good. exactly She's ladies, funny though Yeah you know Ladies and gentlemen <laughs> welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme Uh of course, love in the house. We got Team Supreme. Hello, people. Yeah. Oh, how's it going, New Year, uh,
4: Fonte? I'm good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Having apple. I, I was about to say Happy New Year. I was like, Nah, that's totally wrong. I don't know. You know, it's going to air, but <laughs> no, I'm good, man. Happy to be in LA. <coughs> it's
2: yes, Black we, History Month. We have to say oh, that we're in Black History Month. Something, I think, maybe I don't know. What it month might be it? Black History Month. Might be March. Who knows?
1: And yeah, we we have to mention that we are broadcasting live from the illustrious uh, Westlake. Uh, audio recording studios. Uh the house that the Kang built. The house that Michael we're Jackson Thrill of Money built this house. Yeah. The we're King. we're actually if you if you've seen the Michael Jackson uh Bad Twenty Five documentary, we oh, are that's right. Yeah, we, this is we yeah. are literally in the spot where like him and Stevie and him it and does. Saida Garrett yeah. and,
0: they said that's where he wrote the piano is where Yeah,
1: the piano the girl is mine, pianos behind us. Mm. I believe that Bruce Dean built this this uh, kind of, it looks like a pyramid-esque looking, uh, uh, what, what would you fill call it this in. Thing?
0: <laughs> What?
2: What
1: would you call this, <laughs> Steve? You're our engineer, it's, Steve. It's
2: a stage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you got to come up with more colorful clothing. It's, it's a nice stage. It's still, no, that's not happening,
1: It's sort of like a booth, but sort of a, uh, it's very unusual. Anyway, watch the Bad 25 documentary. It's incredible stage. One of
4: the best stages I've ever built.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of cool to be here, because even uh Well, Bad was recorded here. Yeah. Along other things in the- uh, the Alanis Morissette,
4: how jagged little pill. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's yeah. done here among, I'm sure, millions of a other A
1: million fans, other bro. things. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have a special guest with us today. Um, I will say that I could probably name three people in history that uh, kind of face the 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 burden of being way before their time.
3: Man. Yeah. Uh, for Talk me, about it.
1: you know. Sugio is one of those people. Mm-hmm. Betty Davis is definitely one of those people. And I feel as though our guest today uh, mm. is definitely so ahead of her time because everything that she's ever done, other people have graciously walked through. Yoink. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, unfortunately in life, some people have to pave the, the, the red carpet or part to see. For other people to walk through effort, effortlessly, okay. and sometimes never get the credit for it. Yeah.
5: Somebody got to
2: carry the machete. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> so got to
1: inspire those bedtime stories. <laughs> exactly. So the greatest machete carry of all time, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, <laughs> Joy Gilliam. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here with y'all. I'm really glad you're here. You know, we we've been for a, a long time crossing paths and touring with each other, but. Mm-hmm. This this is the conversation I've been dying to have with you forever. Okay. Because, you know, I I have so many questions mm-hmm. about your, your the path and the trail that you blazed and and the after effects of it. Okay. Yeah. Let's we'll talk about it. Let's talk about. It. <laughs> Wait, so I feel like this is a police interrogation. So, Joy, so you where bought was the bottle in at eleven a.m.
4: <laughs> you know you're fucked up, right. You
1: know you done <laughs> right? That's one of my favorite. So we for our listeners that don't know. Yes. Uh, where where are you, where were you born? Where are you from?
5: I was born in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Hey, Nashville. Mm-hmm. That is weird because I thought you were born in. I'm the king of assuming that our guests are born in certain places and planet. <laughs> <might be> wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you think Atlanta
5: got your whole Carousel narrative going on? <laughs>
1: you're
5: Wait, you're not born in Atlanta. Where'd you think I was born? Atlanta. I thought you were born in Atlanta. Did you? That's not a hard. That's not bad though. Well, a lot of people think I'm they from definitely Atlanta adopted just because I spent so much time there.
1: Well, I, I guess, guess for the whole years. Tennessee kitty and every Tennessee representative. But Tennessee. You, had. you know, I was always you know Tennessee Slim. All right, so you you wrap your set. I wow. rep my set.
5: But I rep, I you know, A-Town down also. But so, born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: You were born in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so what was, what was your childhood music environment like?
5: Um, <clears throat> well, I uh, had a pretty intensive love affair with music early on. Um, my mama had albums. She had a friend that worked at a. As a DJ or something, my mom had a bunch of hustles when I was growing up. Too, uh, that made me feel like we were rich, uh-huh. even though we weren't. Hindsight, looking back, we were absolutely not rich. But my mom worked hard, and I, I felt I had, you know, things at my at my access. And so, my mom uh, had a DJ friend that had a bunch of albums and stuff, and I would go through those albums and listen to them. And when I was really, really little, when my parents were still together, my daddy listened to. A lot of Johnny Guitar Watson and mm-hmm. yes, um, and my daddy played uh, pro ball when I was little, so we had a little, we, we, you know, young.
1: Your father was so, on the Steelers, right? He was. Okay, he was quarterback.
5: It's mm-hmm. he a Steelers. legacy, wow.
0: right? Like a fan, like a grandfather too. Or
5: something? Well, and my granddaddy was a very uh, well respected uh, college football coach. He was. He's in the um, in the Hall of Fame, actually.
4: When you were young, did you know that your dad was, did you know who he was? Like, did you know y'all kind of had it good?
5: Uh, well, yeah. Well, good, had it good is, you know, that's, that's subjective. <laughs> relative. That's right? relative as a motherfucker. <laughs> um, I recognize, I knew that he was talented. I knew that people uh respected him a lot. I knew that he had done some great things.
1: Um, so, you grew up in a football environment? I grew up in a football, a heavy football environment. So, like, yeah. weekends were like, Holidays and...
5: um, But, but I, my family is very woman-heavy also, but the men in my family, uh, a lot of them uh, played football, worked in football. Um, so it was just, you know, the women embraced it as well. But I I didn't have to be all up in it if I didn't want to be. But it was deeply entrenched in the culture of me growing up, particularly HBCU football because my grandfather was coach at Tennessee State. Oh, okay um and my dad was you know a star player at at Tennessee State as well so the gilliam the name holy yeah the weight of the gilliam name in Tennessee State was like a you know it's a lot of weight
1: that meant something
5: yeah it meant something did you go there.
0: after them i mean i I went, I went
5: there for a hot second for a hot second i went to Tennessee State a whole semester <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> You didn't get your books out of the bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> did you even have a meal plan? Like, did you... <laughs> been and everything. all of that is such a blur. Like, I barely even remember. But I, <clears throat> what Do you remember what you I don't want like, to you... neglect Quest asking me about the music, though. I don't want to neglect that part. It was a lot of P-Funk and a lot of LaBelle and it was AM radio, which back then kind of mixed Blue Eyes Soul and, uh, and, you know, uh, uh, Root mm-hmm. soul as well, um, and so yeah, that it, was constantly, you know, playing. It was it was it was a constant diet of that. And my parents were young, um, and so my mom would take me to concerts with her. I saw the Mothership land oh,
1: wow. know, what?
5: when I was six in Nashville. Yeah, I saw LaBelle I, perform at War Memorial Auditorium when.
1: Just be, just because of sad. your your musical openness and all the risks that you've taken and mm-hmm. stuff, I was like, well. Certainly, in your your formative years, you yeah. had to have adapted to this early. I mean, oh, there's yeah. some people that like either, you know, for beat makers, you know, they'll start collecting records and then mm. discover like their uncle's records or something like that. But you know, always felt as though you you might have gotten this education super early. Right. Are you? Do you, where do you fall in the sibling line? Are you? I'm is, the oldest. Okay, then that's something weird, because normally the youngest of the brood gets the trickle-down Nah, I'm the engine. oldest,
5: and I'm the oldest on some, like, I was mostly an only child.
3: Uh, okay. It's weird, yeah. so no
1: cousins to pass lots of, down stuff Lots of to big cousins,
5: know? but I, just, I was always a little bit...
1: You were just adventurous.
5: Yeah, and a little bit different from my other... The things that interest me were just different than everybody else was kind of thinking about... I don't know, future and getting married and things like that. And I was just thinking the mothership. how to, you know, just go deeper into the funk and expand my mind. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
5: What's your
0: sign, into Joy? the stratosphere. Aquarium. She's Aquarius. I knew it. Okay, yeah. that's what it, Like
1: us. She's five days from us. <laughs>
0: oh, okay, you? It makes sense. When are you?
1: January 20 We're both 20th. Both, yeah, tw- yep, yeah. I'm 25th. Yeah, we're both He's January different. 20th. But she yeah. was born in like nineteen ninety.
3: Yes. Oh yeah, I could tell. Yeah, yeah, honey. Yeah, the she was the one when the pencil and came out. She I told her love all about it. a little bit him. older than Keefe, right? He's a little bit
5: older than my baby. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. You know. But um. That's lies, Joy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll just you know we'll go with it. We'll today. play. Let's go. But with yeah, it But
5: yeah, I just was a little bit different from my cousins, but still not a not a not a not a secluded or introverted or weirdo kid per se. Uh, well, but I was going to say mind, were, you all the, were you the black sheep of the shit. family? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, but that developed a little more, I think, later. I was a little more risk-taking. Like, I remember smoking some cigarettes and shit at the house when I was little, like, Mm. six years old. Like, my cousin maybe left some cigarettes there, and, like, maybe I smoked them. And I don't know how I ended up being able to even light it and do it, but I remember them, like, finding me and being like, let me smell your breath. And I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) smoke cloud coming out of my mouth when I'm, like, six. And I was in trouble, and even, like, with, you know, just all of my interactions were a little... Different growing up. I had two boyfriends in kindergarten. Hey, the, same
3: uh-huh. yes. the same
5: time. Uh huh.
3: Yeah, same damn right. time. I mean,
5: you know what I mean? And they were fine with it. <laughs> yeah, he was pimping. You know what <laughs> yes. I mean? So there's that. I just, I don't know. I was just, um, but I got in trouble for it because we were, you know, kind of. Uh, I was just a- ahead of the curve. There were certain things that are like natural explorations for little people that all little people do. But I think my understanding of them as a little person was much keener. And I think because it was much keener, I had I recognized that it wasn't as keen for everybody else. And I think that kind of made me realize you might be a little different. So you know, in any interaction, no matter what it was, you know, it's just a little bit. Here with it, and everybody else might have been kind of like right there. So then I would try to kind of backpedal and kind of be back there with everybody else, but that, doesn't, you know,
1: that don't work. So, music wise, how did you express it? Like, what? Now, my mom. Did I, you have bands in high school or that sort of thing? I didn't
5: do that, but I did sing in high school. So I was, you know, doing some talent shows and won some talent shows and was a dancer mm-hmm. um, for like 13 years. I took ballet. When did your family know you could sing? When I was little, little, probably like maybe four or five, um, my grandmother used to belong to a, a lady social group called the Beautiful Lilies.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and that is so black and southern. Isn't it just <laughs> oh awesome God. and amazing? I can see <laughs> <backwards, laughs> the church hats. I can see the church hats. <laughs> I
5: just lovely ladies, they bring, a, you know, it's potluck, they bring a dish, they play piquino oh. and bingo. And, uh, and I remember singing You Light Up My Life for them. By Debbie, Debbie Boone. By Debbie
1: Boone. Wow.
2: <laughs> what? Say something. Say something. Set <laughs> up Steve. That song was number 1 for like a 100 weeks. What? Right? No.
1: no. <laughs> Massiveness. Wait, speaking of which, you okay, if you ever get the chance, Jimmy Caster Bunch has yeah, if you to see, if y'all can see Fonte's eyebrows. Yeah, I'm like just right begun, yes, like, the gun Jimmy Caster. Yes, that Jimmy Caster Bunch has a one of the most jaw dropping Versions of You Light Up My Life wow. that's hilarious,
4: like in a bad way, like it's, it's bad or it's, dope? It's, like it's
1: it's it's in a very good and terrible <laughs> <laughs> kind of Randy Watson <laughs>
4: okay. with,
1: with the saxophone, too, because he, oh he plays saxophone, so with yeah, the saxophone. you gotta got peep You Light Up My Life by the Jimmy Castor Bunch, produced by. Uh, Billy Davis Jr.
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, from Manny Green? Mar- no, no, Billy Mar- Davis Jr. Mar-
5: Marilyn McCool. Marilyn Mar- yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. man. That was Fifth Dimension. Fifth Dimension, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking Fifth
2: Dimension. I, I sang uh, You Light Up My Life in, in third grade to, uh, to win this girl's heart. Like, I stood up oh in front of everybody and sang that and and stole her away from this other. <laughs> you, what is really? It, it worked. worked. It really it worked. worked. Hell yeah, Steve. I don't Steve. believe How'd it, it sound, Steve? It was, wait, it was it second or third grade? Something like that.
1: I don't believe <laughs> yeah, no. No, oh you, my god no. I am sleeping
2: forgive me okay Steve wait you know what funny that's Steve. the piano from I don't believe it that's right
0: she's <laughs> yeah. making some shit up
2: <laughs> no that's true that's the the line I don't believe it is what? from that song and so and that's the never mind that's the piano there
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> It's that damn quick.
2: <laughs> Quest
4: Love Supreme. Yeah, you're oh in nerd yeah. hell now. Nah, get ready. Maybe I, I didn't warn you about this before. I uh, love it. I you, Are you, you, you I figured, no
5: warning? But I figured it would have to be if it was y'all two together because I'm familiar with your nerd. And I'm familiar with Quest Nerd
4: yeah. too. Yeah.
5: And I figured
1: this, yeah. the level. I figured it was going to be. <laughs> well, hard, he's the higher echelon, cold. you know,
2: the Wait higher
1: echelon. I sang You Lighted <laughs> My Life in
2: fucking third grade. Okay. I'm a fucking nerd.
1: Okay?
0: Talent Steve. No,
1: there's nerd geek and I'm dweeb. Man. I'm dweeb. Look. I love it. So you, you so you didn't have any bands or anything, so not
5: bands, no. I worked with um after winning the talent show and I guess I was in the tenth grade and I sung uh Everything Must Change.
1: Ooh. Oh yeah. Of course. And then the,
5: I also now here's a fun fact. The
1: Apollo classic, everything must change. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but my accomp the the pianist that accompanied me was Gary Jenkins, who is Lil G from, from Silk. Silk, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. wow. Baby. And
3: he, he went leasing.
5: He went to Tennessee hmm Wow, yeah. He's really. an amazing piano player, like <sighs> ridiculous, and um, and he used to do all the funerals and weddings and sang at people's churches and you know all of that stuff around Nashville because he's from Nashville too, and uh, and so he was my accompaniment. and He and I do edit, uh. We started off with Nobody Loves Me Like You Do. And then we segued into Everything Must Change. Wow. And I went on a talent show. But after that, I started working with some producers in Nashville and got in the studio. So that was my first, when I first went to the studio, I guess I was about 16.
1: You know, I know that Nashville is a music city, but also primarily known as a kind of a country. Country music, yeah. But I know that songwriters down there, is, is there any sort of. At least when I say urban, I mean like to the to the sort of cosmic funk level that you're on and, and that you brought to the Atlanta community. Well, I was feel- there any of that sort of culture in Tennessee at all? Not really.
5: Um, but I also feel like it, it, Nashville was a place that was sort of ripe for getting whatever you wanted to get. There were things, lots and lots of lots and lots of of, of cultural diversity that came, artistic cultural diversity that came through. Mm-hmm. Nashville back then so my mom because I was you know a dancer and I enjoyed theater and I sang and stuff my mom always had me very plugged into all the stuff that was happening in the city so it's really more so a blend of all of what I was you know being exposed to at the time lots of theater lots of dance and lots of you know music by my choosing by my own hand and whatever was on AM radio. But in terms of a scene like you're talking about, no, that, that, that wasn't happening. What match, was it
4: that got in you, you into dance? How did you?
5: I just you know? was always dancing and shit when I was little, and my mom put me in and ballet. That's, <laughs> that's what mamas do. Yeah. And up. she also felt like I was a little clumsy mm-hmm. when I was little. Yeah? And when I was very small, she thought I was clumsy, and so she wanted me to be graceful. And so she put me in, that's what she said. Well, she, she didn't said,
0: do the combo, the ballet, jazz, tap combo? I did. That That
5: came later, but <laughs> okay. the root of it, it started with ballet. The jazz and all that came when she really saw that I had taken to the dance. Oh, okay. And so probably in about maybe third grade, I started taking like modern and jazz and tap and all of that. But from like little girl, like three years old to like 16,
1: I was like ballet oh,
3: wow. with some so,
5: jazz and tap
1: and stuff, you know, mixed in. So when did you leave... Tennessee?
5: I left Nashville. uh, I guess technically I left when I went to Memphis State in 89, but I was still kind of coming back and forth because I also went to Tennessee State, like I said, for a semester. I guess I officially (laughs) left Nashville probably in, let's say, 93, officially. 92,
2: 93. Oh, man. Oh, wow.
4: But wait, that was the year year you're. Um nah was ninety four.
5: Penlebab came out, I think it dropped in ninety four, but Sunshine Range dropped in ninety three, I think. Yeah. That's how that worked. I was working on it in ninety three. Okay. So um so I moved to Atlanta like top of ninety three and like by that summer I was working
1: on Pimbot. Wow. So why well I'm I i want to know why what drew you to Atlanta? Why right. did you Now in ninety two, mm-hmm. Dallas
5: Austin came to Nashville. Okay. And he was working on, at that time, Holland Place Mobsters.
3: Highland Place, yeah. Yeah. Ah.
5: yeah. And so, and TLC He's was making. just like bubbling, like just going kaboom. ABC was doing their thing and stuff. And so I ended up meeting him at a studio there and we hit it off instantly. I told him I was a songwriter. I didn't say singer because I thought songwriter was just more you know.
3: serious about
5: your shit. I'm serious about my shit. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I played him some of my little songs, my little demo tape and shit. One of which was Narcissa Cutie Pie at the time. And um, some other stuff that was on there. And we just hit it off. And I knew that he was from Atlanta and we stayed in touch. And he was like, I'm really going to be hitting you up so we can do some stuff. And I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. And um, and then I just knew that it was time for me to do something different and leave Nashville. Because I was just down there. Kind of pulled a post kind of hustling feeling real out of place having like all these you know grandiose ideas and dreams for myself but knew that they weren't going to be realized in in Nashville so I left and then my girlfriend went to Atlanta and uh, I kind of went down there with nothing and just never came back (laughs) where was your first place in Atlanta I'm just curious I lived in a place called Peachtree Hills Mm -hmm. apartment well that was my first place by myself Mm -hmm. that was after I got my record deal but me and the girlfriend that I moved down there with and Martin Luther, I don't know if y'all Yeah, yeah Martin. Uh, Seriously. <laughs> Martin Luther. Amir, you know Martin and Luther, don't you? Of course. Yes, of <laughs> course. Um, and this other brother, Trey Rab, and who's my boyfriend at the time. And then two other sisters, it was seven of us, and we lived in this apartment on Beaufort Highway. Yeah, yeah. I know I like where real
3: world. Temple hey, Yes, yeah, so I used to work at a strip yeah. club on Beaufort Highway. Was, uh,
5: the Gold club? You know what? Highway that,
1: strip that's club? That's on Piedmont.
5: No,
3: it's
4: your Go How'd you get to work? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> a highway strip club? It's
5: well, it's, they call fruit, it highway, but it's, but
4: it's not real. It's a street. I was like, that's yeah. called a truck stop by
5: <laughs> 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 the way. across the street you. from the truck stop, though, in Atlanta. Right to hell, Yeah. Damn. Yeah, Flame is definitely still open. Go Club, of course not. It's yeah. it's a regular club, just regular at this point. Yeah, no the mob. There's can I get no get the, the adr-
2: addresses yeah. of those places.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's
2: Atlanta, honey. Just step off the plane. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: but uh, we all live together, yeah. In Temple Hallmark. So wow,
4: seven. You know what? That's crazy. Seven.
5: Yeah, that was at the top of '93. Wow. And so then. Um, I remember breaking up with the guy that I was loving so at that time and feeling so heartbroken. And I was just like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. I must be about to get a record deal. Because <laughs> <laughs> if this is the worst, the best thing that could happen would be that I would get a record deal. And probably like about a month, probably about a month later, I got a call from Dallas and he asked me to come to the studio and he was like, come write with me. Went over there, he played a few songs uh, one of which would be "Find Me," and one of which would be "Sunshine and Rain." And um, I just wrote to him, and and of course I'm still there as a writer, not as a as an artist, as an as artist singer, per yeah. se. a singer, you know. I'm still just kind of wanting to do that. But then after we heard how the tune sounded. <clears throat>
1: He was just like... Keep your kids.
5: Don't you want to do this? And I was just kind of like, yeah, I guess I do. You know, We listen to Sunshine and the Rain probably, and I'm not exaggerating, we probably listened to that probably 50 times. Wow. Right? Just over and over and over and over and over after it was done. And that's what kind of both let us know like, yeah, we need to move forward on this. This is something kind of else.
1: So was there, was there any direct planning? Because I mean, there's really, I mean, it's kind of up in the air on who planted the flag first. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you definitely weren't under the current status quo of what uh, music from Atlanta was supposed to be. Right. I mean, you weren't in a TLC umbrella, nor no. were you under Brownstone or no. So
5: that wasn't a no man's land, and I, yeah, and at I felt time. like and
1: I I, yeah. I I could tell when someone's like trying hard to be contrary, like you know right. just you know where everything is 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 well thought out and well plotted to right, but it it didn't feel like that to me when I heard it right it was like I knew any. it was different, but i couldn't I couldn't quite call it, so yeah. I mean, what was the just the planning like
5: there wasn't any planning. None. We just did it, and we did it in about two months.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm saying that.
5: Yeah, month, maybe two. So
4: at the time Um, when Dallas called you to work, mm -hmm. you hadn't signed the deal to to EMI EMI yet.
5: Mm -mm, I signed the deal with EMI through him.
4: Ah, okay. That Mm -hmm. came. That
5: came with him, yeah, because I I was signed to him as an artist under Rowdy, under actually under Limp. Which was yep, his imprint yeah, on EMI? Role, yeah. Rowdy, and Rowdy was through. He had, limp, Arista. He had EMI.
4: He, I mean, he had Rowdy. He had Rowdy was on story.
5: Arista though, and then Limp was on EMI. It was me and Shades of Lingo. Shades and, of Lingo. <laughs> uh, yeah,
4: that maybe Eric's one story. other
5: somebody. Maybe one other person, but one other at. But yeah, we were the only ones that were at EMI. But there was no plan. Like there was no. The only re- prerequisite that I had was. I wanted live instruments. Mm. That was the only thing I came in. I was like every you know you're well known for, you know, your beat, you know, these R&B beats and stuff, but that's not what I do. That doesn't really resonate with me. It's cool, but for what I want to do, I need the shit to be live. And if it's not live, it needs to be freaked in some sort of way that it sounded like he was like, "Hell yeah."
1: I was so. gonna...
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask just uh, the question I always had, mm-hmm. how do y'all sell that record? Like, what was it like taking it to oh. EMI? Because oh, wow. even now, I mean, 20 plus years after its release, Sound like it, it just sounds came like out nothing, nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it yeah. still is in a league of its own. Yeah. So, like, how do you sell that in 94?
5: In 94, impossibly. You know, you could go at the meetings that I had at the labels. Everybody was like, wow shit is fucking great. How do we sell it? Was it Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Gary was ah, there. Gary. Gary Harris? <laughs> yeah. Gary Harris was, um, I don't even remember, damn, I don't even remember what department Gary worked in
1: back then. A&R. Gary, yeah, was Gary's Gary the first cut. But
5: Gary wasn't, my, Dave Gossett was my A&R guy. And Dave Gossett? Dave
1: Gossett. With A&R. the bullshit wow. demos? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah, because yeah, Dave said because oh, Dave was with you. Dave was with me, Mister Mister Dave, right? That's oh no 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 <clears> no no, <throat> no no. That's I'm thinking <clears> that's, that's the somebody other different. Guy. No, Dave
5: Gossett was my Dave, and at that time, Dave had maybe maybe he'd done a r for maybe like Vanilla Ice or somebody at the time, and like a few other people. Like he had A&R had some big projects. oh well, yeah. Black Sheep, Black Sheep, he did. He
1: he signed Gossett signed the Roots to. Mercury. I never knew oh, that. Oh, wow. When, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the contract had... They misspelled all of our names on the contract, so made it null and void. Wow. And in that 72-hour period...
4: That's how Geffen that, snatched it up. ...that
1: they were making a new contract for us, <sighs> Geffen came in the last minute, like... Whoosh, and so we went to Geffen instead. Wow. And Dave Gossett never talked to me again.
5: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I lo- Dave was good to me while I was there. But Dave was so, I just remember, what I remember about Dave most distinct, is that the fact that Pendulum Vibe did not get his proper shot and his fair shake for how much he put into it, it really broke his motherfucking heart. It broke his heart to the point where he stepped away from music. Yeah, wow. I haven't heard from after that. Mm-hmm. He was just like, I can't even, like fuck all this shit. You know, now guys has just been chilling, living, you know, a cool civilian life, as I call it. You know, a civilian life, you step away from this shit. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> and I love him to this day because he, he rolled really hard for me. We were just kind of all, we didn't realize that there would be a machine to contend with. I know I didn't. I just thought that I'm doing some shit. I recognize that ain't nobody doing what I'm doing. What could be so hard? About selling it, like, isn't it? What's the, what's the hard sell if you put something if in it's front of great, someone? Yeah. If it's great, and if they've not seen it before, won't they instantly be enamored with it and curious about it? And won't it like, ain't that how to fuck it go? Absolutely. Not. And then I remember <laughs> saying, you know, well, put me on the road. Just just put me on the road. I want to perform. Put me on the road. If you put me on the road, the people will
4: come. They, they wouldn't do that. It. Ah, so they wouldn't give you two support.
5: They wouldn't give me two support. They were like, no, we're going to really try to push the radio. And here we are in 1994. They're trying to push Sunshine and the fucking world Up against
4: Brownstone and... Yeah, and come on. black girl. And I remember you very know
5: clearly them saying to me, too, if this was just a little bit more like What's the 411. That's what I was about to ask you. Who were the contemporaries at the it time? It was Mary. Yeah, okay. Mary so, yeah. so What's the 411 was like super huge. And everybody fucking loved well, it, me included. Loved that album.
1: Let me let me ask, uh-huh. who, because they always do this, because uh-huh. usually like, we'll come in on a Monday, and they'll be like, all right, sit on the couch, guys. Um, I'm going to play you some remixes, just some ideas, and see if you guys like it. And then it'll be like... <laughs> 12. There's so many distortion and static remixes, like mm. 12 of them that never made it to the light of day. Mm-hmm. So, like, who were they trying to match you with? Like, oh, let Eric Sermon remix your thing or well, let. Well, because
5: Dallas was there, they weren't really doing a lot of that. They were just kind of. Because he had the like, magic touch. Because he now. had the magic touch at that time. So they weren't really doing that. They were, He was really trying to push it from a standpoint of, y'all got to trust me on this. Like, we got to, like, I'm telling you, this is. You know, and they just weren't, they couldn't understand how to do it. And, you know, it it wasn't really about, like, because it was several, you know, rock bands that I was on the label with. All of them had tour support. All of them was out on the road. They was just fucking getting started. I didn't understand why I couldn't handle tour support and why I couldn't go on the road, why it wasn't important for me to build my fan base like that. And um, it just wasn't looked at for it wasn't looked at like that. By then, the death of the black band had really kind of already, you know, occurred except for just these few concrete roses like men y'all. Condition,
4: the roots. And guys. Men
5: Condition and Tony, Tony, Tony. Like, the de- the black band had been reduced. It had been gone. gone. It was done. So the idea of that even at that time, and they were like, well, if you go out and you do shows with dad, and I was like, a dad? A dad. I ain't performing no fucking dad. I need a band, you know, my band that I have. But at that time too, I was rolling with a larger band. Nah. Um, and Dallas was on keys, and Fishboy Colin Williams. was on. But, well, see, that was later. That was uh, after when he
4: joined. He on Fishbowl. Uh.
5: But that was later. Like when Pendulum Vibed, it was like Dallas and Colin Wolf, and oh, wow. it was uh,
4: Colin was on bass.
1: Colin had. was on bass. R and
2: B cats doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> like their day job is doing is the feeding function. the machine, <laughs> but. <laughs> This is this, their the right, This is what I want to do clock, Yeah this is right. what I want to
5: do You know And that's kind of been also That's been a a, a a lovely Bright spot Over the course of my career Is that people do like To come and work with me When they want to make a departure yeah. From kind of What they're Used to doing Or They'll bring me in And be like I want you on what I do And I'm like fine You know I can do that too But a lot of people Will come and be like I want to do some different shit I want to work with you um, And I like that I like to be I like to be that haven for people. I'm cool with that. But, anyways, Dallas and them were in the band. It was about, probably about eight of us at the time. And that just wasn't going to work. Three background singers, they weren't going to pay for all that shit. Eight? Yeah, at the time. It was about eight of us. Because it, it just, it had to be the fullness of the sound at that time. I hadn't tapped into my, I hadn't tapped into being able to feel comfortable enough with something more stripped down. I figured that out by the second album, Um, once I started working on Amoeba Cleansing Syndrome with Fishbone. um, And even though it was a lot of them in the band, I had more, I was able to zero in more on rhythm section and what that meant. So I was able to zero in on that drum, that bass, that guitar, and and get from that what I needed. And so for a number of years, that's all I toured with was just drums, bass, bass, guitar, and it was just super fucking rocking, you know. And then that became more of a home place for me to the point where I really didn't want to too tough fuck with nothing outside of that, you know, particular setup. What
4: Can, was, oh, go ahead. You're go ahead. ahead. Oh, uh, what was the transition? So after Pendulum Vibe dropped, mm-hmm. and then you started working on Amoeba Cleansing. Well,
1: wait. Oh, wait. There's a stop in between. I, I
2: could, yeah. we gotta ask about freedom nerd oh battle, damn yeah we didn't battle. go there we tripping we, we driven. also gotta oh, talk yeah. about the impact that uh, Pendulum Vibe had on a certain yeah Triple we're gonna get the match too <laughs> we're
1: gonna get the match but they I wanted to get battle. freedom first and then get the match okay, okay. so um, could you talk about the the, the
3: freedom project
5: <laughs> sure freedom um, came about um, from yeah. ap- apparently uh, uh, the people from from Panther the film at the time, uh, I guess, maybe Polydor.
4: It was it was Poly polydor, Polygram. Polygram.
5: Polygram. I hella, throwed it back with the Polydor. Polygram. It was Brown. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Polygram heard freedom on the whole music when they were calling up to the studio to talk to Dallas. And when they heard it on the on the whole music, this is what I was told. This shit could be a fucking lie.
3: <laughs> uh, they heard it on the, it sounds really great
5: as a story. They heard it on the whole music and decided that they want that's what they wanted to use for the soundtrack. And then they had this idea that they would um you know bring in every black female artist that was working in R&B at the time.
4: It was like the female you will know.
5: It was like the female yeah. you was, will know, yeah. right? Um, and jeez, everybody was there. But when I got that call, um, that that's what they wanted to do, and that all those women were going to be on there, I just remember being like, oh, "Like this is incredible," you know. And then it was like breathing some more life into pendulum vibe. It was like a um, a good consolation for how. Heartbreaking it was, you know, for it to have not done what I thought it was gonna do and for it to not have been accepted the way I really thought that it would be accepted and stuff. And so it it, it shed another light for me on kind of what it means to have like critical acclaim. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really understand that concept at the time either. But doing that let me know because then pe- the, the, the ladies, that was a, a really uh, powerful experience because all those ladies you know that i met that day i still have you know a tremendous amount of respect for you know and they still have a tremendous amount of respect for me and some of them have gone on you know to ascend to you know crazy commercial successful heights but
0: it's never uh, been another moment like that since with a group of black female singers i don't female did they
1: have a title for it like a like, Black Men United was the you won't know. Right. What, oh, yeah. what was we'll the do. female version of it called?
5: You know what it was? Various
1: various
4: Artists.
5: artists. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, we are the
4: world. You be looking for that shit in no, iTunes. No, we are the well. world was USA for Africa. USA for Africa, yeah. That
5: shit does say various yeah. artists.
4: And then, so, I remember <laughs> you telling me, so, the Sweet Honey and the Rock thing, you got, Oh uh, yeah, like, I didn't I didn't even know, I uh, thought it was your song. I didn't know it was uh, a Sweet really? Honey and the Rock song.
5: Oh yeah, another heartbreak. So yeah, that was that. Bless my little heart. Sister just just, just, just baby, just out there trying to sing something. She ain't knowing nothing about no logistics going on, and she just getting <laughs> pounded left <laughs> and right. Um. So my album, so Pendulum Vibe, opened up with "I'm Gonna Stand." I saw Sweet Honey. My mom took me to see Sweet Honey in the Rock at Fish Chapel when I was in seventh grade, and it changed my life. And I decided from that point professionally when I would do music, whatever whatever project I came out with for Sweet Honey in the Rock, something by Sweet Honey in the Rock would be the first thing that I would have on my record. I would cover it in some way. So once I got, once I you know got the deal and started making the album, I was like, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna stand on this record, and I had it cleared. Yeah, I cleared it
3: mm-hmm. for
5: Pendulum? But again, hearing Polygram, hearing the shit on the hold music, and they're, they're thinking there. they had no, they're just thinking it's mine. Ah, right. So they weren't even using it initially. There ended up being so many women on the song that they didn't have enough room to do features for all the artists. Right. And so that's how they decided, well, we're just going to add that beginning part to the song. God, yeah. And how the fuck am I supposed to know if the people at Polygram like, got their paperwork shit together and mm. got clearance from Sweet Honey in the Rock? Well, turns out they never got clearance. Nobody fucking got clearance in Bernie's Johnson Reagan suit. But the what does that have mean. to do with you personally, though? I was f- Just because I was a writer?
1: She's <sighs> named in the suit. I'm named in the suit. <sighs> so basically, they took... The interlude that was before freedom, right, and and made it, a part it of the into song. a whole song. So, the,
5: so for the for the optic for the video and for the other, because so, who ended up being on the beginning of that Vanessa Williams, yeah. Yeah, SWV, the... In Vogue maybe
4: high profile, to ching you know, cha-ching. it was like all these <laughs> it's high profile, high profile, yeah. at the,
5: you know, at the time like super duper. Um, but I ended up getting sued, mm. and man, it hurt my fucking feelings. And it was just so unfair. I was just like, how does that happen? How do I have to take the fucking hit for this shit? Like, I had nothing to do with that. I didn't, I didn't,
3: ah, you know. Did you ever really even get a upset. chance to talk to right. her and, like, Bernie. just to be Bernie,
5: like... to Miss Bernie? I did not. And, um, her, she's a fantastic, awesome daughter to, uh, Toshi, who's badass musician and daughter, composer. Uh huh. Basket- Toshi? Toshi Reagan. Reagan. Nah, uh What? Yeah, that's, yeah. Doc- that's Dr. Reagan's daughter. Say what?
3: <laughs>
5: Whoa! And I don't know. Toshi and I have a lot of mutual, mutual sister friends. Um, but even she, I've never met in person. Wow. Uh, but I remember kind of do- trying to do a reach out to Dr. Regan back in the day, and she was like, "Nah." Oh, that's a Amir's family. <laughs> Maybe he can bring y'all together.
0: I'm always I'm, Yo, I let wait. it go for 2018.
1: Can you not throw me under the bus on my own show, please? Is that a bus thing? We
0: never said that out loud. She
1: isn't the one. That's the cousin. Oh, I, there's, okay. there's a cousin of mine in the group. I don't even know. I haven't met her either. So oh, you have a
5: cousin, a sweet honey.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't put that gun away, please.
3: Okay. <laughs> 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 there my face. <laughs>
5: um, but yeah. I just always figured that it would, you know. She got to know by now that that child didn't have nothing to do with that shit. I know she know, and I just, you know, I kind of charged it to the game. I was like, I know I'll be able to meet Dr. Reagan one day, and it'll be all good.
1: Wow. I'm sorry that happened
5: to you. Yeah, that was fucked
3: up. (laughs) 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 All right, so let's
1: bring up Madonna. All right, right. we right. This is going to be a lot of those stories, so let's just go
2: for it. Get the Kleenex. All right, so good, Bill. (laughs) Oh, okay. yeah, I was just gonna. How did Madonna find out about the pendulum vibe?
5: Um, probably because um, she was working with
1: my guess is guy. I'm sorry.
5: Oh Siri, that yeah, it could be that guy
1: is always her ear to the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It so could be he that he always lets you know. Himself. And
5: I'll say this too. I think any people of that particular ilk at that time knew who I was because the first person that reached out to me that was fucking with me was Lenny Kravitz. Oh, okay.
0: okay. Makes um, sense.
5: Which is how he and Dallas ended up meeting.
4: Ah, okay. But
5: um, but Lenny reached out like, you know, who is this, what is this sunshine in the rain? Who is this girl? I want to meet her. I want to meet her. You know, and he called the record label, Found me, invited me like out with he and his friends. And I just remember being like, Well fuck. <laughs> well wait, weren't you y'all know? kind of I mean, uh, label meets? up, uh, virgin virgin, virgin, big old umbrella back then, ish, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, right. it wasn't too hard, not too much of a stretch, but you know.
3: Right.
5: It's just a little old me and Lenny Gravitz, you know. Um yeah and that was fun and it was great to be like acknowledged and great to be, you know, uh you know, acknowledged. So, you know, seen for for my craft. And I think be, through him, I think he kind of let a lot of people around. know, yeah, about what was what was happening at that time. And then um Madonna would end up reaching out for Dallas to produce Bedtime, Bedtime stories. stories.
1: Uh-huh. Um, that, oh. That, nah. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> damn. <laughs> yeah. the soup. That's I want to know. Damn. No, I'm just saying now it makes sense. Because even with, uh, I'm not sorry. Human uh, nature. Human nature, I was yeah. like, yo, that's, I feel like, mm, mm-hmm. some joy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
5: and she definitely you know heard the album and definitely loved it and they definitely had to go back into a little
2: restructuring <laughs> <laughs>
5: you know but she, um, she ended
2: up helping you out though she was
5: oh hell yeah, yeah. so like, it, was, it wasn't like beef or anything oh no 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 that motherfucker that made a phone call to Steve Mazel and I got the Calvin Klein campaign
4: yeah. oh no <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh shit there, there ain't no hateration in, <laughs> in this dance arena right.
5: no, no. How now, and she was cool I never had had any issues with Madonna? She was actually very, very cool. Like you know, the times that, that, oh, that we hung out,
0: I'm she sorry. actually <laughs> mentioned one day like doing a show together. No, because the Calvin Klein no. thing is interesting because it's like, yes, that's great. You're modeling, not singing,
3: right? Right,
1: right. That's right.
5: what reminds no, you. No, no, I
1: don't, I don't also know. That... A, 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 a maverick uh, that's associated. Cool? She'll know that we I just remember that myself, though. So.
5: Oh, okay,
0: cool.
1: Before <laughs> you. We're not trying to throw salt on the game. I'm anymore.
0: not. I, right? I, I just no, hell no. That was real. That was Madonna. I see your game. I peeped it. No, I just <laughs> they
1: often retweet our shows out. Oh, they do I appreciate I it. Shout out to yeah, Joy still singing out there. So if you we love you know, y'all, I'm just saying. but
5: no, she didn't reach out on any tip like that. I don't know that anybody ever reached out on any tip like I, that.
1: You know what? Uh, not that we could afford to do anything with you at the time, but <laughs> definitely Gary was saying that. Uh, you were someone that we should work with. Mm-hmm. I mean, just at the time, I'll say before we realized what had to happen. Mm-hmm. And also you too found your own family tree with the mm-hmm. Dungeon family. Mm-hmm. Like when you're alone, I realized that you need a group of people. You basically need five to seven people that do what you do and be in a community. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I mean, I guess that's what you were basically doing with Fishbone with the next project. Yeah,
5: I did more so with them, I think, than, than, yeah. Like, I I I definitely did that with them. Um, And I would collaborate with DF, you know, and I would go on the road with them. Not as Joy, though. Uh, Not as an entity. I would go, you know, as music director or go as Uh, singing backs or go as, you know, doing things of that nature. When Goody first went out— a little bit later on, I would do their music direction and stuff for them because Lo and I just had kind of a—we knew what each other liked, right? And I could, you know, get the shit together um, and make sure everything was was good for them, but not as a joy entity. No, always in a in a more of a supporting um, kind of role, hmm. you know. So, um, which is fine you know which is whatever cuz I would still do my own shit you know whenever I would do my own shit
1: so I got to ask in the most diplomatic way possible yes because we have a lot of mutual people in common yes
5: we do
1: but you but you and I also have a lot of experiences in common and we do. I'll say that even with whatever my weird journey is in music I always still felt like the bridesmaid and never the bride mm-hmm. and there is no feeling like the feeling of you thinking okay this is gonna be the moment this is gonna be the year always in january like this is gonna be the- okay this is the year we're gonna get together <laughs> and then somebody drinks a some milkshake <laughs> yeah you, you, you milkshake. And you're like all right cool cool all right uh-huh. next year I'm just keep working but how I, I would like to know. And again, I'm not, I've never on this, used this show as a gotcha, gotcha journalism or that sort of thing. Of course. But you are literally one of the people of my contemporaries that I could possibly think has had the same sort of tortoise and the hair journey. Sure. So what is that feeling with, once the years start to develop, Mm-hmm. And suddenly people are open to alternative ways of mm-hmm. seeing R&B. Mm-hmm. And I'll say your name with Erica and everything. Mm-hmm. And you not getting your turn. Like, how do you...
5: <clears throat> <clears throat> well, I think turn is... I've
1: said tears over many a Rolling Stone cover. Sure. I've, I've, <laughs> I've had panic attacks. Sure. I've thrown many a coffee mug sure. at, you know. I get it. So, and Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Damn that mix! <laughs> yeah, so.
5: Um, here's the thing. One thing I've been pretty blessed with is the ability. Like I like when we in the beginning of this interview, when I told you from very little,
3: mm-hmm.
5: I've known my shit ain't like everybody else's right. shit. So the journey is not like everybody else's. Right. So if and I, I mean and I really really realized that. Early on, so and I, and another thing that I don't do, and which is probably why I've been able to keep a lot of my zen and my sanity in check, is that I don't do a lot of I, I'm not a I'm not a comparer. Awesome, yeah. I don't compare myself to other people. I don't compare what I have going on in my life or what they have going on in their life. I just don't do it. And this is from the jump of your life. This is from
0: my life. This is not me as an artist. This is me as a human being. Because when we started this conversation, you said something to me that was very ill for somebody that was your age. You said that when old boy broke up with you, it was one of the saddest parts of your life, but you knew that you were about to get a record deal. I was already
5: clear on what balance, what checks and balances. For a lot were. of people, it takes some books, some spiritual no. learning, some things, you know, exactly. no. to really realize that <laughs> no. that moment. No, no, <laughs> no book has taught me my. Nothing has taught me better than my experience and my living and my making it through.
1: But nothing. what keeps you sane and balanced? Because what
5: keeps me sane and balanced is that I'm still here and I know I got shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what keeps me staying in balance. That's real. Because that's, the it thing is, is I, I've... I, I believe. You know what it is, Quest. Here it is, in a nutshell. Genuinely, I believe my best work is in front of me. Genuinely. Need, ooh. Mm. So if I didn't believe that, then I could be mad, and I could be like, "Well, fuck so and so, and so and so got down had my goddamn shoes on at one time, and so and so got down had this, and so and so <laughs> sound like me on that, and that bitch know she got down sampled that, and that nigga know he got down did no." My contemporary, my, my peers get mad like that about certain shit, and I have to calm them down. Like, why y'all, I mean, but why are y'all so hell-bent on comparing me to the next motherfucker? Why are you so hell-bent
4: on that? It's not. Because they're projecting, they're they projecting their shit. On
5: and them. it's not yeah. what it is. I'm aight with it. If I did not believe that my best work and my 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 finest, finest self was not in front of me, if I didn't believe that, then I wouldn't be fucking doing it. And it's literally that simple. It don't mean the shit don't hurt or don't... You know, it doesn't mean that I'm not affected by those things. It just means that I'm rooted in something that anchors me outside of all the external noise and bullshit.
1: How fast did it take you to realize that? For me, like, I'll be honest with you... Last year, <laughs> I'm <laughs> Last really <week. laughs> truly not lying to you, right? I'm not lying to you, right. and I'm not, and I'm not even saying to the point where it's like, oh, I had to watch all my contemporaries fall or break, mm. <laughs> break up, or that sort of thing, right? But you know, even though, like, I still don't know where this place is, where it's like, okay, I get to write books and teach class and do a radio mm-hmm. show, and but I definitely feel like. I knew that my biggest fear starting in 1992 was whether or not I'd still be here in 1999. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. that was like some super future shit. Not feel you. And I'm not even talking about like 2005 or
4: 2015 or mm-hmm. even
1: 2025. Mm-hmm.
4: But you know, I no four years is a rap career. Like I mean, that's it's rap. This is like high school. Like literally, you got four years to get your money, and then after that, it's kind of like you know.
1: But I think I came to the conclusion that if Tariq and I really got what we wished for, you know, along the way, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, like the, the Bentley or whatever, the right, bitches. the right, we, right. We would have been assholes and dead.
5: I would have been dead.
1: Yeah, we, we would have <laughs> been assholes and dead. I was too dead. wild.
5: Like inside, way, yeah. too, way too free, way too wild. Well, I would do, because I'm a creature of desire. I do what the fuck I want to yes. do. So, goals. and because I'm that way, I would have just,
4: ain't no telling what the hell. Yeah, Lana Richie, he I says couldn't
5: that. A, I couldn't have, had, yeah, I couldn't have had it like that. It but had but to
4: Lana have, also sold like a hundred million units. So.
1: Well, no, oh, yeah. he did, but he, was, <laughs> but
4: he was saying like, he was saying like the question is like, you know, can you survive your success? That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like you can, whatever, because whatever it is you're into, if it's girls, if it's dope, if it's whatever, mm-hmm. you're going to get all of that. That's right. Dope, all the dope, all the hoes, all the cars, whatever it is That's you're right. into. So with success, the question becomes, can you survive that mm-hmm. shit? And if you get it too early, you know, that's why a lot of people don't, I
3: think.
5: Mm-hmm. I agree. I would have. I, I definitely, I did The road had to be tempered. I just, I really look at it because now, where I am in my life now, uh, you know, shit, some people be looking at me like a damn shaman. <laughs> yeah. At this point you know what i'm saying and my friends who uh you know do have to be under the lights you know all the time um you know can find you know some comfort in being able to come and 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 sit with me or talk to me and to 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 get grounded you know and where they are and and to have and to, and to 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 gain some clarity about where they are so kind of what ended up happening as a result of all these experiences and me having to process and digest all these different things that have happened to me in career things i've seen whatever's really turned me into an a1 fucking therapist
3: <laughs> without
5: the doctorate you know <laughs> but a1 like a fucking one, like shit, really, really. I'll be calling
3: you. I
0: was about to say I'm having your doors do. open.
5: Please do. Because you could not want to share that info. Please do. And um and that's it kind it in of a book where I could, but I. Because you can't touch everybody.
0: Niggas don't read. Come yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little different. Audio I need some. I need yeah. a vision. I need something for the everyday man because that what you that's some. Yeah, it's major. A little, it's, it's like metahuman the shit you're talking.
5: Yeah, it's just. I, and that's and those are things that I'm you know those are journeys that I have to 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 to. to get suited up for with being able to put things into books and do things like that because my mom, I'm so like, just come see me. Yeah, come see me and sit <laughs> on my couch. Bro. Like you know what I'm saying? Like fuck a book, fuck a seminar, fuck all of
3: that. Okay, this I was is thinking about... about
5: everybody else, but I'll come over your house. It's
0: not <laughs> yeah,
3: a problem. Yeah, we, okay, we, I'm, we, just, I'm always thinking
1: of oh,
0: everybody else. I'm, yes, I'm just like my We're pain. sending my
1: like you ear to your house, too. You
0: need like I'm about the tears was about for to For a month. <laughs>
4: Yeah, because we about to finish our month for this week. It, it, <laughs> so yeah, you got the month off. You about to go and, and I'm therapy gonna, with you I will take it. Can I'm
5: quite a you know a, 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 I'm I'm you know consigliere.
4: Nice. Can
2: I bring my
5: medicine with me too? You can bring your medicine. Thank you. I will have right. my own medicine, and you may bring your medicine. You? We'll share medicine mm. as well. No, Joy, you're well, not I, supposed to
2: share I, prescriptions.
1: <laughs> right. Shut up. That's called drug bill. abuse.
2: I just want to do some drugs. <laughs>
3: okay. don't need I want to be a drugs
1: <laughs> So, Joy. Yes, sir. Okay. So the 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 tenure for the Tim Cherise sweet badass song, the Fishbone period. Okay. Did I pronounce what? that right? You
0: did. Oh, the tenure? Is that what you were saying? Or the, ten the tenure? Doing, you about you like the tenure? You said chim 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 chim
2: chim 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 no, not not Mary Poppins.
4: Jim, yeah, I was thinking oh of that. Jim, you're thinking Jim of Method basil- Man.
1: Jim
2: Chimney, Jim Chimney, Jim
4: Chimney.
1: Keep the, <laughs> the flow and free the Flow. Wait a minute, Method Man was quoting Mary Poppins? Yes, he yes oh my was. Yes, he Jim Chimney, yeah.
0: Jim
4: Chimney. Nigga, I didn't watch Mary Poppins.
0: You never seen Mary Poppins? You were never told Mary Poppins either, but I
4: knew that. part. You're really going to love it if it. really is
0: good. Yeah, you're like, especially now. Oh, y'all think I
4: plan on watching Mary Poppins in the next? Nigga, you watch all of Friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, you better watch
1: Mary Poppins. Dude, I had nothing to do. I was in Maui alone. You could have watched Mary Poppins, but one you of the, watched Friends hurry instead. Hurry up when they do the black version. What? The randomness of <laughs> it. Um, and it would have been over sooner. The randomness of it, you're
5: going to check it out one time late night. You totally are. You're going right. to be like, all right, y'all, I watch Mary
4: Poppins. I will watch
1: Mary Poppins. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> pronounce name right. this fishbone now Chim's Badass
4: Y'all just looked at me like, nigga, you don't know what this is. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just... I thought you were saying chimichurri because chimichurri <laughs> sauce is like the sauce you put on steak. <laughs> so I was like, nigga, this nigga talking about steak sauce? Like, you homie real?
1: I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like nah, no, oh, This ain't got no album called chimichurri oh, sauce. Too fucking <laughs> <laughs> So we we actually not many people. Well, not many people know. Uh, I think one third of of our third album, "Illadelph Half Life," we recorded at DARP. That's and when I met you yeah and I was gonna say um how did how did you guys pull uh uh i'm about to say norwood angelo uh, angelo Away from that goddamn Thurman Ms. Sherman.
3: Well, actually, <laughs> well here's the deal. The,
1: he he the practiced Thurman, that shit like seven hours a day.
5: He did, and that it was newly discovered for him at the time. Oh, you think? And it's still a part of, like once it came and never left. Now that's still a part of the Fishbone show. Oh but he's you know masterful with that motherfucker. Like, and now <laughs> back in '97,
1: <laughs> he wouldn't but, answer questions like, uh, "Where's Thurman?" Because he would just at?
5: be there like. <laughs> <laughs> No, he loved
1: it. He loved it so deep and hard. So, uh, just being in that chaotic environment, mm -hmm. what was that like? Wonderful. Oh, okay. You embraced that. I embraced it. Uh, I'm I'm not good at chaos.
5: My kind of freedom. and And see, I am. I don't do well with order.
1: Oh, man. I can do it with water because I We would have broke up (laughs) after (laughs) three (laughs) weeks. I'm anal retentive. I'm disciplined. I follow the rules. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, You love fucking with me.
3: Uh, no, no, no. no. (laughs) it's not even so
5: much that I'm not following the rules. I just recognize that the rules, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not going to yield so easily to someone else's control. And I'm not going to be rambunctious or fucked up about it. But
1: I will if I want
5: to. Found some wiggle room. Found some wiggle room. I'm going to have to make
1: some or else I can't be here. Oh. It's like that. So I got to Jedi mind trick you. I got to be like. (laughs) (laughs) If she don't Jedi mind trick you first. Come here one second. It's four in the morning. Talk to me for two hours while I'm trying to sleep. Come talk to me. (laughs) But I'm also super respectful
5: and super nurturing of other people's ways and how other people are. So I have a lot my mama is, you know, a little she got a little anal thing a little bit with her. Right. You know, my aunties got a little anal thing where they real neat, real orderly, real about roof, do, 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 do. And I appreciate that deeply. It's just not me. So I can do it for a time. I just can't exist in it and perfectly. How many yeah.
0: beatings you get before they was just like, fuck it. That's I got my ass whooped. Oh, I'm about to say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got my ass whoop. All I heard was ass whooping. Oh segment. yeah. Oh yeah.
5: I got my ass whoop. A lot. Growing up. And just after a point they was just like, Child, that's what it is. This is just how she gonna be. Um, but that time period with them was really wonderful. Um, I had met Angelo, he was doing a Doctor Mad Vibes thing in Atlanta and I went to it and I was so excited because, of course I'm a fan from mm-hmm. uh you know from from from
1: their southern california days yes mm-hmm.
5: and um and i remember seeing them on soul train i remember them performing freddy's dead and, yeah. <laughs> and everyday sunshine on, on yeah on soul Sa- train it was yeah. fucking killer and um so i met angelo there and he was super funny and insane and awesome and wonderful and he was like man we just lost our deal with so they was at sony or cbs what, sony at the
3: Mm -hmm. at the time Mm because the last
5: album they didn't I think maybe give a monkey a brain right which is a fucking great thing Um, and he was like so Fishbone doesn't have a deal and I was like what how does Fishbone not have a deal and I said
1: you were the bridge to Dallas yes wow
5: so I said "Um, y'all gonna have a fucking record deal y'all gonna do that shit here in Atlanta and he was like I was like, we're going to to the studio. So I took Angelo to meet Dallas. And, of course, Dallas was like, fucking fishbone,
3: dude. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, he's going,
5: you know, being cool because he's a little quiet, kind of reserved cat back then. Still kind of is, but he was real kind of quiet and shy back then. But he was freaking out on the inside. And, uh, And they started dialogue about it, and he made that. He pushed that shit through pretty quick cuz once he found out he could really do it he was just like you know yeah. so Ash really pushed that forward and the guys ended up spending a tremendous amount of time in Atlanta over the next year <laughs> so here's fishbone I you got- know what I'm saying? in Atlanta like during like 90 90- yeah. oh 95 a in the program. Right, right. yeah
3: <laughs> they at the dungeon in they the at Kroger. you
5: know they meet UGK cuz i mean Pimp C wow. shouts them out on on riding dirty at the end, he shouts out Fishbone because he spent—I mean, because, you know, they were—we mm-hmm. were very good friends, you know, um, at the time, Blend and Pimple, like our family, uh, when Gip and I were married. And um, and they ended up just spending a lot of time with them, too, because they were just around. So here it's like UGK, it's Fishbone, it's Cass, it's Goody, it's, you know, me. It's the, it's like it was just this,
1: you know, back then. Describe what working with Dallas is like because, I mean, again— I. You know, what What was his first joint? Mr. DJ with, with Joyce Joy. Norella Herbie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so, mm-hmm. I mean. And he
5: was a child. You know, he was in high school age. Yeah,
1: but to have that, that range of That. being a new Jack proprietor to sure. TLC, to TLC. And to, fish to go bones, into the new and, soul, like yeah. sort of swim into that, and then to go all over the place. It's, right. How was he able to, because he's churning out the hits for everybody at right. this point, how's he able to devote time to you? to them, to TLC, to Madonna, to... Them, like, just keep all of this...
5: It was a lot. I can remember it being a lot
1: for him back then. Was him. it a lot for you, though? I mean, in terms of, like, hello, are you picking up... You know, no, and, and was. it
5: wasn't that way for me, only because, like, Dallas and I are like, the same age. Mm-hmm. Same exact age. And how things were structured with us back then it was a little more family dynamic-ish. Mm-hmm. So it was a little more, like, That's my partner. If his mama's cooking on Sunday, I'm going over to the house. Like, which he would have everybody come over to his mama's house on Sunday. But like, there were these regular occurrences. If he's at the studio and he's working, I'm I'm going by the studio. He gonna hit me. I'm at the studio. I didn't necessarily. I didn't have problems with accessibility with him. No one did. He wasn't an inaccessible person at the time. If you were working with him, Um, he could get ghosts. Like, you know, the best of whoever. But uh, but I didn't have that problem, and I didn't see him. And thinking back, like, shit, having you just call out all that shit, like, I was like, damn, he was young as fuck back then, and he was doing all that shit. Like, I it hadn't was. even thought about it like that. So, so I, shit, I guess he handled it, you know, as best he could and did a pretty decent fucking like, job of it. Because he was working on amoeba cleansing syndrome. We were working on that the same time they were doing Chim Chim. It was at the same time. Right. And then... um Whatever else he was doing, because at that point too, you know, everybody's calling you for these individual tracks and you know, remixes you got to work on remixes things. and you doing all kind of shit for everybody. Um, I didn't have any accessibility problems with him. He was great to work with. He was um adventurous, he was rooted in soul and funk, he was, you know, a James Brown student, you know, an old soul student, a p-funk student so we had a lot in common he was just doing this r&b you know he had gone heavy into this new urban r&b sound but his roots were in the shit that i fucked with so it it was always you know a pleasure and very easy you know to work with him
1: was that uh But was that on emi or yes. It was, be, it, was it was supposed to, to be. Well,
5: it was supposed to be. Amoeba cleansing was like my black album one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it you got to ne- tell us the story of It was never yeah. commercially released.
4: Yeah. What happened?
5: So, EMI yeah. folded About two weeks before Amoeba was supposed to come out, EMI folded.
4: And the label prior to that, they were with it. They were like, we're going to put it out. We're going to put it out. Okay, cool. Nice.
5: And then the label folded. So then it
2: was like, yeah, they had the video out for Ghetto Superstar. No? And the video yeah. for Ghetto oh, Superstar
5: yeah, yeah. had just dropped. Oh, no, it hadn't come out yet because here's what ended up happening. Once EMI followed it, Dallas hurried up and got another situation together with this other cat I can't even remember. Maybe V, not V2. I don't want to get that wrong.
4: Um, Was it, uh, uh, no, I know you're talking about, because he put out, was that the, the Lissette, Young, Sad, and Blue? Wow.
3: Did he put that? That was, on, that was on Free World.
4: Free World. World. Free World Entertainment. Yeah.
5: Free World though was a was a collaborative.
4: I had that single in college. That nerd shit.
5: I, I got thief, the Amoeba cleansing Jack. sampler. The, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah, the legit one. Look at you. Yeah. What's the, the one when it? I'm so tired on there. Does it have Wait, I'm that so tired on I don't the, on think that's there?
2: on there, but it's, it's the one with the pink cover. And you, yeah. The pink. Yeah, yeah. Maybe okay. it is on, maybe it and is the, on the there. I'm so tired I might be yeah, on there. it might be on there. Because I'm so
5: tired was a, the, 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 a lot of people that have that, because I wasn't on like the, big, the, the more widely distributed mm-hmm. sampler. People have the one when I'm so tired. They're like, I got the one when I'm so tired.
2: Yeah, it was like the college sampler, I think it was
5: Yeah. Um set Free World, so he ended up hooking up a little deal real quick, put that together, got some money behind shit, and then we shot the video for Ghetto Superstar. And then Ghetto Superstar was really about to take off. It was doing well, it had been like kind of pulled into that whole MTV regular play list when they would do little R&B shit back mm-hmm. then and whatever. And then Free World folded.
4: Damn. Jesus.
5: And then I was just like, there's a root on my life. <laughs> <laughs> you <don't walk> <laughs> there's a fucking curse on me. There has to be. This is some bullshit. No, no, no. Said, you were whoa, like, whoa, this whoa, is my journey. Because that's not the way. Did you not? Say it again. Yeah. I said,
0: you were like, this is my journey, though. Because that's but not the at way that t- that we- But you
5: know, even on our journey, we got to take a knee sometimes. Okay. One thing. Yeah. What year did you have your daughter? And that's what I was leading up to. I had just had Keepsiah. <clears throat> okay. Keepsiah was born in 96. Okay. So the first iteration of amoeba cleansing syndrome began before Keepy was born. And the second iteration, because I went back and added, you
1: Turn me on. Oh God, I'm sorry. She is 21, is 21 years old. Wait a minute, old. wait a minute. You just said that. She's, she's always going to be baby well, right. Two yeah. to me. She's oh, 21. No. She's 21. Years. Years.
5: 21. Yeah. yeah, grown, modeling. She's going to be two forever. 90. I know.
0: I remember <laughs> I working know. at Clark Atlanta Radio and you walking in with a baby. That is, I feel. I mean, I was born in the 90s, so it's weird. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: You're only. I'm <laughs> oh, only. Mm-hmm. Couple years old. Edit, than edit. <laughs> <laughs> You're only couple years older to keep. Um, but yeah, keep is 21. She'll be 22 oh. in June. God. But, um. So, yeah, it, then I went back in and I added You Turn Me On, LaBelle cover, Time to Smile, went back in and did something with Colin Wolf. Um, And then I added Ghetto Superstar. Ghetto Superstar came later. That was something I added to Amoeba Cleansing for them to be just on some, we don't have that one that yeah. we can take the radio. We just need that one. So went back in and added that one, and there's one I'm missing. Um, I'm sorry. I forget. But, yeah, so it was two. It was before Keep... Be, Dandelion be, Dust, maybe? Before and after Keepy. Uh, uh, those, thank you. Dandelion Dust. That was me on that
2: one. Yeah, that was you. The, the other nerd. nerd. <laughs> <laughs> right. okay
5: yeah so, so, I'm sorry. So the two... You know, it was before Keepy and after Keepy. Amoeba Cleansing syndrome took a while to come out. I started working on it in 95, and then it actually came out in... Uh, 97. Well, didn't actually come out. I was finished with it in 97 as it was about to be released, everything. All the plugs got pulled, so I just... After that, that's really what made me kind of go deeper into being more of the wind beneath other people's wings because it was a little <laughs> too... I, just, I didn't know how much I had left in me to get kicked in my kicked in my chest like that shotgun blasted in my chest like that and then about for another
1: movie. ghetto superstar to come out like <laughs> you're right, you're right,
3: six right. months later I was, I, I'm
1: trying to get
0: it out of my head because every Man, time I hear the so title the other one comes in my head and I'm trying to get it yeah. out
1: like, and when I tell
5: you I don't like this motherfucking ass to this day like,
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Oprah, oh, I'm hugging you right now. Oh,
4: okay, I'm hugging. you I right was now. remember
5: thinking like, is this how y'all gonna do it? It's just gonna be the black, like it's just gonna it's gonna be like this.
4: We ain't even gonna hide it. We ain't gonna it. <laughs> we ain't gonna try <laughs> it.
5: We just gonna. And I remember, and it was always these situations where there was just enough what you're doing is legal for it to be okay <laughs> and you can't like <laughs> right. sue nobody or do that yeah, you know yeah, what I saying? Yeah. it's yeah. only the moral like you just gonna do what you gonna do you only have that but you don't have like a legal leg to stand on and shit so you just gotta be like
1: shrug uh. yeah
0: Wait, but we talked about Keith, but we didn't talk about her her debut before she was even born and how that I felt like that was a whole history making moment on screen.
5: Oh, you talking in, in D'Angelo's video? Yes. Well, the, yes. that was her. That was. I mean, me. she was in. Kie was in my belly. She was in there. Yeah. Okay, because I was about to say I thought that was no, that's faith. That's oh, oh, okay. faith in China. Okay, faith in China was a little thing, but I was pregnant. Yeah, oh, that's in a right. bikini you and were. a sheer. You I remember, <laughs> with the bikini sheer moment. It was a moment. <laughs> Were you at, did you, a moment. I have questions? Yes. Like, was the bikini? Did you
0: say I'm going to do it, but I must be in my bikini?
5: No, I came. I just came dressed. To oh, the
2: video. That was just
1: her regular Steve It
0: was a summer day. And
5: no, it was you're gonna be. They want you on to be a in a video, and I was like, and
4: I'm gonna okay. shut shit down, motherfucker. And I'm gonna <laughs> wear this
5: bikini with this shit dressing him.
4: <laughs> and this and what video was this? It was Lady yeah. bon, bon. And
1: I bet you nobody complained <coughs> either. <coughs> and that was also the, And
5: that was the day I met Erica. Really? Wow, because she was in the video she too. In the video yeah. too. Yeah. That was shit, before she anything of hers dropped. That was her first little. Wow. That's crazy. First seeing, you know, first seeing her on the screen, and I, that was my my first time meeting her, and my first time meeting Faith that day too. And Faith was pregnant with little, um, with little CJ, CJ at the time. Yeah.
3: That's mm-hmm. crazy
0: because then the dime in between, what was the video? It was it Erica's video where you were in the car.
1: I just have a visual of.
5: I, I... haven't been in any in yeah.
3: any of
1: these. No, you know what?
5: Who are you thinking? I it forgot. Was no, was? She,
1: you're thinking of not What's uh, she talking uh, about? Uh, Lucy Lucy Pearl. No, I wasn't thinking. of Couldn't Lucy be that. Because you're in Don't Mess With My Man, right? I am not in Don't Mess With My no, Man. No, because I a still minute. don't.
5: Wait. I'm in Without You and You. Those are the two uh, okay, videos I okay. did. Because, you know, my I came in at the right. tail end. T- very end, just to finish up award season and the tour. That was it. At, what was
1: that optics. transition like? <laughs> I feel like you're just the the 11th hour. Go Joy, go fix it. Right, Joy, go,
5: go fix I'm it. the fixer. Yeah, it's like a fix it's like some fixer shit. It really is. Um fixer with no drama, like deliver and low key. Surprise, but you ain't end up in flower tree. Seriously. Nigga. Yeah.
1: you... That is so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a yeah. so, yo, we do
2: you- <laughs> yo, about that. <laughs> words of wisdom.
4: <laughs> Where's our
2: jingle? Damn, damn, damn.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first brilliant moment of comedy oh, on a show. Oh
0: Damn, right it only took almost 2 years.
5: Was, no, that was pretty <laughs> good.
0: That was good. That really
1: was. I'm surprised. But now, my get
5: <laughs> a phone call at the 11th hour, you know. Uh that was I would to Have you, know you had what? to say no to a few things? I've had to say low to lo- no to a no to a a lot of things.
1: Yeah. Who did you say no I, I can't do the project right now or mm, I'm good.
5: I, you know what?
1: Like your weirdest offer
5: my weirdest offer?
1: Spice Girls.
4: No, Spice
5: Girls. <laughs> that
1: <laughs> would have been hilarious. What's though?
5: my weirdest offer, child? I don't even. I can't even. There's so much damn shit in my brain. I don't know. I I don't know. You could ask me this probably in two hours, and I'd be like, "Child, it was that one." Da, 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 da. <laughs> but right, I, I I can't think of what my weirdest one would be. But I have to say <clears throat> the stuff that the universe will shoot at me, um, the universe that it'll be tough, fucked up kind of hard kind of lessons and stuff, but it's not it ain't nothing that I can't, you know, stand by. Mm-hmm. And it ain't nothing that I can't be like, well, you know, I'm always proud of the work. So anything that I've done, I'm still proud of the work, you know, my involvement in. But I can't really, I can't think right now of what the what I've turned down. where I was like, uh-uh. probably because once I turn something down, I'm through with that and I don't really think it, about yeah. that no uh, more. I don't heart. I don't store that no well. Um but working with, you know, getting a call from Ray, it was cool cuz I was just like, you know, I'll be on the lips of my name will be on the lips of some, you know, some folks in a demographic that otherwise absolutely wouldn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. So, and he's the homie But by this point, were you shocked that like,
1: oh, okay. Or is it like, uh, whatever. Like, I mean, are you, I don't mean in a jaded, cynical Uh way. Uh-huh.
5: And I mean.
1: But is this just like, eh, okay. It was a job.
5: It was a job. Like, I looked at it like a job that I can do for now. Like, that's what it looked like. It looked like this is a good temporary gig.
3: And and I'm
5: going to do it. Is it weird
1: playing them back? Because I, I also forgot that we toured, uh, uh, during the goody mom period You did mm-hmm. yeah and also so it's like I was pregnant then too where you have to know. sort of not or you kind of have to is it weird laying in the cut and being a team member
5: I've been doing it for so long now like you have to remember after amoeba cleansing syndrome that really started me to
3: mm-hmm. being scale, a
5: little scale more to scale back I wasn't so in pursuit of the the spotlight and I just wanted to work okay you know what I'm saying? So once I just got to that point, I was just like, I just want to work. So And I'm not, so, you know, whatever. And, and, and I think for other people, it's far more weird than it is for me because people have these, these notions of me and what they think I am and how they think I am and all this type of shit. And so then when they meet me, they're like,
4: yeah, I think people and two, people have the notion of like what fame what or what fame, being a being a successful, being a successful musician, is. musician
5: is. Yeah, right. Like
4: you can be a success and nobody know your nobody fucking knows name. who the fuck you are. Yeah, like shit. You can be exactly. getting the checks and,
5: and that's what I'm doing about. You know, I don't give a fuck about that other part of fame. Is not even controllable enough for me to want it. Man, probably. you know, like it doesn't offer freedom. I'm too. I I I I I I, I live and die. By my freedom. And fame doesn't offer a tremendous amount of freedom. It it has perks, but it doesn't. It, it's enslaving.
4: Yeah, I was about to In say, it's ways. the exact opposite yeah, of freedom. <laughs> it is.
5: And so I, don't, I ain't never been titillated by that particular part. I've only b- b- felt the... I, n- I know that when you do good art, the fame tends to come with it. So if I had to endure the fame to produce the good art then I would do it but I that part of it uh uh-uh. uh so so me kind of stepping back and being like well I'll just do work with other people that was a that wasn't a hard decision to make that was like A I want to work B I just ain't I'm tired of all that other part of shit anyway and I'm just who the fuck I am and I'm just going to fucking be that and do that and raise my child and
4: yeah, if you That's were famous, it. I think me and you couldn't have been sitting outside the Denny's or whatever, chilling. <laughs> like
5: we right, we wouldn't have been able we to We could have that. Ever had
4: that moment. It would have exactly. been something totally different.
5: Exactly. And see, I, I, I have to be able to sit outside of Denny's with my folks sometimes if I want to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I have to be able to do that in this life. You miss Denny's uh, in here? Like, who? You miss Denny's? No. <laughs> no, not at all. It just so happened I, really I do bi- no, 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 I was yeah, asking him. If he, I was just saying in those oh.
0: moments because he's so, it's opposite in that way. Like what you're talking oh, about, that actually, freedom you head, might not
1: have like that. Uh, outside of my illustrious apartment, about mm, 12 oh, paces you-
2: up, you got that fancy Denny's.
1: I the only the only Denny's in Manhattan, so I'm very Do familiar. You really? It was like yeah. a metaphor
0: okay. for life.
1: But, uh, I know, <laughs> but then I love radio <laughs> parade sometimes. You, you anyway, know. <laughs> so yeah, maybe like uh, twice a week, I'm at that Denny's connected. Great. Yeah, thank and, you. And the other thing too,
5: I have to say is that famous, my kind of fame, or how I'm famous, you know, my my way <laughs> how I'm famous. It's um. It's different because people I don't I don't deal with a lot of like foolishness and ridiculousness that other people like people fuck with me because they
4: fuck with me. Not because other people fuck with you.
5: No. People that fuck with me, fuck with me. Ride with, with you. Me, exactly. You know, and so I don't have like a fickle. Anybody that was not you know, that came along as a supporter of what I do from Pendulum Vibe, they still here. You know, I ain't lost no ain't nobody like I don't fuck with Joy no more. She wet. Or she don't do whatever. I didn't like that other album and shit. But, no, everybody still supports me, stays down, goes out with me, and believes in my ability to continue to produce good work.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I remember, I mean, when we did the record together for Zo's album mm-hmm. in 2015, I, I was just still getting in my head. I was telling my well now wife Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying I was like Joy is on the way to the house like you don't (laughs) understand Joy about to be in my house dog she was like what what you mean I'm like yo you understand I met her when I was fucking 14 and now she at my house (laughs) like so just to see that come full circle like to meet you when we were at yeah you were doing an in-store I think I like skipped school to come see you promote Pendulum Vibe Mm -hmm. it was her and Jeru Wow. Damn It was her wow. and J-Ru Coming that to the store That was a weird combo <laughs> Cause it was with, both EMI we were label mates. It was both EMI Yeah we were label
5: mates
4: And uh, yeah, was, And
5: Gangsta yep,
4: yeah, yeah, I was yep.
5: gangsta Label mates with Whew. them
4: too And yeah They Crazy came combo. to the store And I was there And we saw We were there We were there to see J-Ru And we didn't even know That she was coming mm-hmm. It was just You know J-Ru We was like Alright we go see J-Ru mm-hmm. So then She, she showed up Tall with like Who the orange she? hair, it was like, Who is that? Nigga? Who in the and, is <laughs> that? And so, they gave us the Sunshine and the Rain tape. It was just the single uh-huh. that was the uh, it was like the yellow, like orange, uh-huh. it was tape. yellow, yeah. yeah, it was the yellow mm-hmm. tape. And we was just like, All right, what is this? We're like, All right, well, I'll check it out. And we took it home, and it had the same, it had the song on one side, and, it had and the, the instrument on the other. And we used to freestyle some instruments,
1: <laughs> yo, yo, <laughs> that was it. I was like, Yo, yo we it. used to. Yo, that instrumental, man. <laughs>
5: that's what the guys from D.F. said when I met them. We were sitting in the dungeon freestyling <laughs> Yo, shit. Do when I came into do the, do. the studio, they were like, that's the sunshine <laughs> and rain, girl. We've been, <laughs> been freestyling over your shit.
4: Wow. I was like, really? Hi, Duh. guys. Yeah, yeah, man. Yo. So yeah, that oh, was to yeah. so go from there to actually be able to sit and co-write and produce a record with Joy like this. And us. that was a great experience. So I Thank enjoyed, you. Thank I enjoyed working with yeah. Joy. Joy sat on like in my crib. Like we was just <laughs> in my crib. She was bang sitting that on a little box out. and bang that right, shit out. Shit Living the out. dream. And that day. shit was so dope. Yo,
0: yeah. since we talking about experiences and recording, I just, because in my mind, you were part of the Equipment I like recording era, no. right? Were you a part of the...
4: No. You came in AT Aliens. No. Nah, so, so you
0: came in AT Aliens... I was
5: b- like, yeah.
0: Because I feel like at some point we would hear you in background. Wait, hey, you're and on Equimani? Yeah, I like, am uh, a, but the on the album.
5: I guess I'm saying uh, before that. I guess that's what I was saying. She's you're on ATA. Are you asking specifically about Equimani? Is that what you're asking? I'm asking about that, about? just that time period in yeah. Atlanta. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
0: there. Yeah, and it, it like, from an outsider, it just looked like another world of heaven. I guess, based on the players in that whole situation. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious from your perspective, because again, that's per, that's perception. Mm-hmm. But what was it really like, like during that time in Atlanta amongst from
5: there was a renaissance happening?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. at that time. <laughs>
1: We uh, we we, we live for the romantic perception of it.
3: Yeah, that's and I know it's not true.
0: And that's why I'm, I know it wasn't. That so we
1: really did "Fodio Delicious." Like, was it like magical? And you're like, nah, nigga. Nah, when I I said, I I hear just, I said damn like, three times, and I went home.
5: Right, so studio. It
0: wasn't
4: <laughs> so it was never that
5: deep. I mean, at times it could be. There was some magical moments. Yo, that you, okay,
4: happened. you have to tell the story. The reason why you're saying you have to tell the story and do the impression of Rico singing "You May Die." Please.
2: <laughs> she don't even
4: remember telling me this, but dude. I don't even
3: remember
4: Oh God, she was she was very uh, very elevated, but it was the story <laughs> of how you, Rico had an idea for you. May Rico Die. always has
5: has amazing, amazing. Rico way.
4: Okay. Rico of Organized Rico
5: Rico way can have amazing ideas about melodies, but Rico way cannot sing Same. <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> like not at all. Um, and so he was trying to.
4: Yo, it was so
3: perfect. You do it.
5: He was trying to, uh, you know, convey how he wanted the the melody to go, and um, I feel like he was just like, because you know, the melody? you, know, you can't be sure. That's how you say. Don't <laughs> so low to get high, and that was actually Peaches. Oh I was uh, yeah, it was uh, a, peaches. Uh, that particular part. Uh, but as we're you know, pieces not kind of coming up with how we you know gonna flow with it, and when Enrique was like, oh, so y'all should do a live. You can be sure. <laughs> some go low to get high. You may learn to you cry. You may die, or some shit like that. And he, did, but just completely out of tune, but. You know what he kind of means feeling, because you can, yeah. he, and you know what the music is doing. And so you're like, okay, actually what we
3: want
5: is, he kind of wants it like that. So then we end up, you know, pulling together, get a couple of more lyrics out and then Peaches puts her thing on it and I put the, you know, the backs and.
4: And that's you and Peach singing on that. That's me and Peach singing on this. Can you tell the
0: babies the significance? I mean, I was in college when I used to see you girls performing, and I'm just amazing. But tell people the significance of Peach's to the movement, the music.
5: (laughs) Well, Wild Peach um, is a funk rock band from Dallas, Texas, comprised of Myrna, Screechy Peach, Brown, and... David, david wild brown. brown um peaches passed in 2007 Uh um, yeah wow. it's been over 10 Shit. years almost 11. Mm-hmm. uh peaches uh in atlanta um and it was interesting because i met peaches around the same time that i met fishbone um through the the rock uh, lockdown scene because it was a, a thrive. people don't know that Atlanta had a cool ass black rock scene happening in the early 90s um, there were lots of different bands Naked Truth and Wild Peach and Voodoo Einstein and Fall For Now and uh, Moby's Trip and Lovejoy and it was a lot of bands and because what I did live even though I was classified as R&B what I did live translated as something more like funk rock so I ended up meeting Peaches and becoming really good friends with her. And she was just like this. She has she was this this incredible performer, incredible writer, incredible vocalist. Um and it happened to be that we bought out really good shit in each other and um, and we worked really well together, so we started just lacing you know people's backs, you know, and in particular what, with the guys in the DF because I ended up introducing them to introducing dave and and and, and peaches to to dF really? yeah,
1: Wow, I didn't know it yeah
5: wow i is the bridge I'm the kind yeah. Of, oh, yeah, yeah, I am the bridge. The, Shit, yeah, to, you're building movements For woman. sure, <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. <laughs> You know um, And so that's how they ended up Linking up And from the initial You know, like it started off with Peaches singing Backgrounds was, um, With Me and with um, a couple Other sisters that would kind of interchange out uh, Later on um, Keisha Jackson would come in And she would end up being um, A staple there as well later. Um, but it was Peaches and I in the beginning. And um that blend and that was vocal, just all that shit was killer, but Peaches was, you know, on the ground level <clears throat> from the building of things. And I bought her with me. And once she was, you know, got in there and then they were able to check out, you know, the band for themselves and stuff then everybody just you know they started loving them too but they had already been doing their Wild Peach thing on the scene in Atlanta and they had had like a major record deal or something that didn't you know one of those things where they damn sure didn't know what to do with Peach's ass back then damn sure didn't
2: um, did they ever release anything locally they didn't Um,
5: but they, um, would do shows and they have these incredible ass songs that people still, and I think Wow is going to do a full release of a, I think he's working on something pretty special, I think for her, Mm -hmm. um, and for them, um, because the, the, what they brought to the table, um, freed all of us up because they were also a little bit older than us. Mm. Um, so they had just more, you know, more seasoning on the thing too, um but Peaches was a fantastic writer, a fantastic vocalist, uh a killer fucking vocal stylist. And uh unlike you know anything before or since. Otherworldly. Yeah, absolutely. She's my sister and I fucking miss her every well, day.
1: You you mentioned something earlier and I know that um, a really big influence on your life, uh, as far as your your your, your music mm-hmm. was Betty Davis. Yes. Could you talk about her influence on you? And have you ever gotten to meet her and have a one-on-one? And no, you
4: never got to meet her. No, Is she she's still alive. Yeah, she's
1: still yeah, alive. She's here. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's she very... definitely
4: still
5: here.
1: There's... She works. Alive. Yeah, there, there. I mean, there's mm, still talks of her life, her bio in the uh-huh. movie or whatever, but but she's very... um um Reclusive. Yeah, yeah, extremely reclusive. So she's sort of like giving notes to the producers of the movie, like mm-hmm. not in front of them and that sort of thing. I think she just wants to remain a mystery. But have you made attempts to try to... Not- or is that one of the heroes that you don't... I don't ever want to meet my heroes.
5: You know what? I don't give a shit about that. About the meeting of heroes and things like that.
1: So you would never like to have a sit down with her and just... I would.
5: And that's what I'm saying. I don't care. I don't have any like, oh my God, that's my hero. And then you meet him and then and you're and you disappoint. disappointed. fucked up, yeah. No, nah, because I know people... Life is fucking crazy. It takes people down through that. Any goddamn thing could happen. Like... Mm-hmm. For what I've created about you in my mind, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how you're going to be. And that's fine. I ain't going to hold it against you. It ain't got shit to do with how badass that shit was that you created that influenced shit out of me.
3: So, <laughs> okay. uh, wait, wait, wait. But,
5: yeah, I haven't talked to her. I would love to one day when the time is right, but I would never want to push that. I wouldn't want none of that. I would only want Miss Betty to do that if that's something she wanted to do. Because I know people have tried to get connect at Connect you to. And I, like, don't. Don't don't do that, Miss Betty. Just need to know I'm out here and that I ride for. That's quick
1: it. quick backdrop for our listeners that don't know uh-huh. um, Betty Davis, uh, ex wife of, of Miles Davis. Um, pretty much, I I guess you could say
2: a prototype. It was basically
1: yeah, and and sort of. What you've been describing as as you building the Atlanta scene, I mean, she... She was a connector. She was a connector. A killer one, yeah. She was extremely important in the funk direction that Sly took with There's a Ride Going On. Um, Actually, there's a tattoo... <laughs> on her ass that literally says that this ass invented, invented fusion. Funk, yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah, yeah, she was she was uh very key to Miles's bitches brew uh development and on the corner and also with Herbie um doing his funk stuff with the, the with head and chameleons. So
0: how many wives did Miles have? I'm just I'm trying to place
5: her. Four She's okay. not one that you so probably fair. would have seen, because uh, people really only talk. It's mostly Cicely Tyson that people talk about that he was married to, and then maybe the one other who was, the one, one, yeah, in the movie. yeah. But people don't really talk about Betty because it was so quick. Okay,
1: but she had a she had a singing career. Um, kind of weird. Speaking of the Sly thing, Sly would be so notoriously late to these studio sessions that. Um. Larry ended up taking over. Yeah, that basically the family Stone be chilling like just during like the the ride going on seventy one mm-hmm. period. That she just come around the studio and just slide be going for days and missing and that's basically how the family Stone became her. Because Greg Erico produced the first album, right? Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. With I mean, but it's Jerry and Cynthia and and Freddie Stone, right? Right. And the it, Pointer it, Sisters. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And Sylvester. Yeah. You're on right. The album too,
5: oh, yeah. yeah, but but you're saying, but I didn't know that particular piece, so it was because Sly would be so late and shit all the time, and Baby would come out and she just end up getting tight with everybody, and they just yeah. stopped playing for her.
1: Like too, he'd be gone for three, four weeks. And mm-hmm. they, they'd be sitting, <laughs> so they're just like, all right, let's work on our own okay. shit. So that's how that initial album came to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, what? Why did you gravitate towards? Did you feel the need to like maybe take the baton that she had and and and?
5: I didn't feel that until I found out about her. And I found out about her later in my life. I was already grown once I found out about her. Mm -hmm. Um, I found out about her when I was working on amoeba cleansing syndrome.
4: Oh, man. That makes sense.
5: And Fishbone introduced me to her. Uh, Specifically, Norwood, Fish, and JB. Okay. Um... And They were just like, because you know, we had been jamming together and doing shit together and been on the road together and doing all this stuff. And and it was just like, Have you, are you familiar with Betty Davis? Have you heard her? And I was like, The actress, you know, at the time, right? I'm like, Kim Kearns, <laughs> um, they're like, No, Miles Davis's ex wife, and I was just like, No, and they were like, Hold up, and then they had. Cause at that time everybody still had like you know cassette r- rare cassettes and shit that they mm-hmm. would like keep with them. They went back there and pulled out four cassettes of her shit, and the first shit they played for me was "If I'm in." Oh like, La- good God! God. Oh, God. And the God. first time I heard, I mean, I was just like, <laughs> "Mother!" <laughs> <laughs> All right, like right. seriously, like it was like a right, like some missing link type shit. Because the only person I had really felt connected to like that from when I was really little was like Minnie Riperton's voice used to do me like that. It resonated. It had a thing with me. And then I had a very in-depth relationship with Sade as a teenager, musically. And so there were just these things (laughs) that had, you know, like there were certain, but there was always something missing. There was nothing outside of like LaBelle and, and Funkadelic, that spoke to like the guttural Mm-hmm. Parts of me, but I didn't really. Ha- and I love Tina Turner as well in a hardcore way, for sure. But I didn't have, I didn't. There was still something missing in terms. I hadn't seen that other part of myself in anybody else, and when I or heard that part of myself in anybody else, and so when they let me hear that, I was just like.
0: Okay, so Joy, this is it. for all the new Betty Davis people, because now I'm in it. I'm in her. You got me. I'm, I, I wasn't familiar. Uh-huh. Give us a chi-chi, What What's the album that you think? Like,
5: you can start with the first one. Oh,
0: just start. Just Self-title. Go. Betty okay. Davis. Okay. Crank it up. Okay.
1: Start from there. Yeah, there's really just three. Well, now it's four. There's four. Yeah. Now four. So... Because
0: I see Nasty Gal, and I just want to go to it because it's just... Ugh.
5: That's okay, okay. but uh, as
1: her, her album go... go start with the first start one. Start with the first one. Yeah. Okay.
5: Start with that one, and then go to... Um... <laughs> the
1: last album was... She started dating Uh, addicted to love. Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer? Robert Palmer. Really? That makes that. sense. Yeah, like, wow. yeah, oh, she was dating Robert Palmer. Like, Wait in, a minute, uh, but
5: you said addicted to love.
1: Well, that's why I was thinking of, Robert Palmer. But, yes, she started dating him, uh, 78, 79. Okay. Oh, okay. And he got her a deal on island. Uh. And they made a record and then never released it. Okay. Uh, okay. And a sucker like me, like, went to Bleeker Bob's. <laughs> Put a few benjamins on it on the acetate. Oh wow! wow. Got like re-released yeah, like yeah. two years later. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: the original? Or not? Yeah. Um, but that expanded me and opened me up in another kind of way, and I just felt instantly like, and I saw so much of myself in her and in her journey. Um. And I just, I, it, it, you know, it changed me. It's one of those, you know, one of those moments in your life where it just.
1: Do you have any aspirations or hopes to at least be a part of her biopic or the telling of her story or?
5: Oh, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. I would absolutely. I would like somebody to do the shit before I get too goddamn old. (laughs) Still do them hot kids while I still is. is
1: I have one one more question, because I know Mm -hmm. know we got to wrap soon, but what it seems so obvious to me, why have you not made a complete full album with Organized Noise, or would that have been too obvious? Well, not obvious, like, you know, I mean, were you-
0: Too close for comfort?
1: With Dallas, you know, like, you work well with Dallas, and- has there ever been a thing like, well, I why don't you let well, us produce your entire... Well, I work
5: well with whoever I'm working with. And whoever wanna work.
1: Has the conversation ever come up?
5: I'm working. About them doing a whole album? Well, Sleeping? No, they,
1: they did some...
5: They did quite a few. You know, they did... But not an entire album. But not an entire album. No. I've not done an entire album with anybody since Vibe.
4: But I do feel mm. that I've
1: worked with
5: different producers on different shit. I, w-
1: I would have loved to heard their production and you. I just feel as though mm-hmm. because they did it so well with cast and they did it mm-hmm. so well with Goody Mob and stuff. There was I'd-
5: talk of doing it several times. It just didn't happen. Damn.
3: <laughs>
5: it just didn't happen. But there was always talk. It was shit. It was talk of a full joy It was talk of a- pimp trick gangster click album it was talk of <laughs> you know a full heroin album which was me peaches and stephanie at the time it oh, was shit. talks of a full uh you know it's been yeah. lots of talks it's just it just wasn't something that came to fruition so
1: where do things stand now just as far as where things are with the family like is it just completely separate and this person's here this person's there this person's up there this person's down there um, this- i mean We'll DM I've each other on the phone.
5: always just been, you know, I'm in any situation I'm in, I'm always the lone wolf. Even if I'm family affiliated, I'm still the lone wolf, you know, wherever I am. So uh, everybody's good. I don't see everybody. I'm out here, you know, everybody else is in Atlanta. Um, but everything is fine with the you know like people are still cool people still work together people still talk that, people when, still shaking yeah, on me each
4: some, other we last saw each other you played me some sleepy stuff like when Ooh, is I'm he putting that ask, shit out
5: yeah i don't know when sleepy's gonna dope. put his uh stuff out but i think he is gonna do it fucking soon hurry up that was dope yeah oh sleepy. man
4: you have to tell us about being a bang bang girl oh god excuse me say what Being a bang bang girl oh. dude
5: New cheese, nigga. So the the cool thing that has happened, as like I said, the behind the scenes shit is cool. I'm fine with it. Um, Since I've been living in L. A., one of my cool hustles has been, you know, doing vocals for some for for a lot of of pop music, Um, and in particular, working with Max Martin. Um, I received a call from. Naeem, who was the homie that I grew up with in Nashville, who asked me to put together uh, three ladies, uh, some LaBelle-esque type vocals. Mm. Uh, And I said, okay. And I made a couple of phone calls to some ladies who I knew I could sing well with, and they were available at the time. And we went to a session. We were only supposed to do one song for Max Martin, and it was for something they were working on for Ariana Grande. When we got there, and it turned out to be Bang Bang, and so we did that one, and we ended up doing like four more songs. Wait, I'm now
1: thinking, oh, oh, Uh,
4: Jesse
5: J Jesse James was like Jesse Jesse J and Ariana Grande and
4: Uh, Nick. Okay. I-
0: so wait a minute. You <laughs> She's singing vocals. So wait. I did minute.
5: vocal. I did back back in vocals. So I've just been for the last few years. I've had some some pretty consistent work doing backs with Max Martin and with other producers, Ooh, yeah. other are, pop producers. Are you
0: are you cool with Saida Garrett? Y'all have some similar parallel situations. I
5: know Saida's um, husband. Okay. Um, Erica. Eric. Yeah. Eric. Uh-huh, because I know Erica, because she oh. was married used to be married to my my good friend KP years okay. ago. Oh wow. KP Kwam uh, Kwam yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But I've never met Miss Saida and she's the shit. But I've never met her and she's the fucking bomb. Man, y'all would um, yeah, y'all, y'all, would, the y'all, the y'all get along yeah. famous. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I respect all of her shit and just she's just the shit. That's like she's the shit. Mm. Um, and maybe I have met her once, but it was just very in passing. It wasn't anything too in depth. But yeah, the bang bang girl me and Tar Stinson and uh uh in Dombey.
0: Oh my God. Uh, what?
1: <gasps>
2: we wait, wait, together. wait.
1: hmm <sighs> You're naming the heavyweight. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah.
5: Yes. So the three of us have been doing it for the past few years. And it's been it's been really cool. We haven't done anything in a, in a bit. But it makes me so happy that y'all are like working and killing still. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we did. We've done a lot. And it led to other work. So it's like with us doing that for him and with that going so well, then it was like other people that were reaching out with shit. Oh, those three girls. And we just ended up calling ourselves the Bang Bang Girls because that was the first thing that we sung on together. And because Max was calling us that too. Oh. And bragging that he didn't want nobody but the Bang Bang Girls. So then you're your I sort of
1: sure thought you were talking...
4: <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: no.
5: But wait, though. That's
0: like a whole super group, Joy. Hope doing... Well, it is, but
5: you know, girl. I'm doing We just gonna a, work a, a EP EP. chicks I, do... Two songs? I mean... Check us out individually. Okay,
1: that's the check she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I fuck with joy. Like, look, fuck all that other shit. Okay, any uh, check my, us
5: out
4: individually.
2: Sorry, final, fan, perspective, uh, final fan perspective. Final questions, Final question. Final oh, question. Oh, those oh, ladies.
4: The the Ray Ray intro. Yeah, oh. the Ray Ray intro. Yeah. Oh, yes,
2: uh, that's, like, like, that's, no.
4: You have been a part of like two of the greatest intro albums. Intro to albums ever. Yes. You may not and Ray Ray. Yeah. <laughs>
5: thank you. Thank you. Dude. Ray left me alone. He was working on that project. He just left me in the studio. He said, it was do like, whatever. Dude, can you write me something? I was like, I'm paying me my money. <laughs> and what I said was
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> I
5: was like, I'm gonna write you some I'm gonna write you an intro song. I'm gonna write you an intro. Some theme music. That's what I said. Like I I got me out. I was like, I'm gonna give you something. It'll be your version. It's like, okay. So he left me in there and then I wrote to
1: Masterful He's an
3: Oakland writer Making money in L.A. Yeah Play that fucking baseball
4: Y'all like yeah. No I'm gonna drop it. Sadiq But uh
3: His, his name. name is Ray
0: Ray I mean damn, Bill We almost had a joy Fonte duet And here come boss
2: bitch Shit Everybody else being
3: I'm sorry
2: you can kiss yeah. my entire black
3: ass. Sorry.
4: Yeah, so black. Blackity black
3: black black. Oh, my God.
5: But, yeah, that was one. I love that's one of my favorite things I've, I've done. It was very fun yeah. making it. It was, and he loved it. So I was glad that it, you know, glad I was able to was that give before, him what he was,
4: was that after or before y'all did I'm So Famous? After. That was after, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was after. I've told you you that, but I want to profess it to the world. Thank you.
5: Thank
2: you. I love I'm So Famous. Thank you. Tennessee Tennessee Slim is the
5: bombers. Yeah.
2: Dance with yesterday is my favorite. Dance with yesterday. That's my favorite on that one. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Is there a new album Glenn coming? John, ooh, yes. When, 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 First when? First
5: single is January
2: 21st. Oh, yes! shit. Mean, January 25th. I'm sorry, oh. my birthday. Your I birthday.
5: Mean, your birthday, that's uh, awesome. All right. that's so, so it's
2: it's already out now. <laughs> <laughs> all
5: right. Yes. That's what I'm,
2: yeah. yeah it's it's, it's, it's already out now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's coming. What's, and I'm, I'm going to send it to you. Uh, it?
5: The album is called Sir Rebecca Holy Love.
2: Yeah, could you, I was
1: is wondering there, what, why what's you the, changed your Twitter name. I was like, oh, it must be new album. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is
2: that like a Sasha Fierce type thing, or is there a story behind that?
5: Well, you know, I'm Tennessee Slim. I'm Star
2: okay. So okay, It's just another alias. Okay. Cool. So Rebecca,
5: Savage, Immortal, and Righteous. Rebecca, Holy Love. Savage, yeah.
0: Immortal, so and Righteous. What, what can you
2: tell us about Rebecca?
5: Wow. Rebecca is the you know um, a woman fully realized stepping into her Christ head space. Mm. And um fully realizing the wrong the, you know, the the not too much difference, uh what well, really almost well the, the duality of things. That's mm-hmm. what she is. She's a woman who realizes the duality of things and she's uh forgiving and uh accepting and she's peaceful and she uh resists the confinements of constructs. Okay. And um She'll get I mean she could also You know Help you bury the body But she can also uh, <laughs> She can also You know Be your bomb mm. And soothe you mm. She can do that too uh,
2: Looking forward to the new album. Thank you It's called is it,
5: therapy is it, It's personal.
4: done Is it all the way done It's done It's mastered Oh shit Okay I was hoping to Try get, get in. in there Yeah I was like damn
5: Independent what? Is that Absolutely
2: Fantastic
3: mm-hmm. She make
2: her
5: own money mm-hmm. she got a, If we independent Got a cool little team We just gonna keep we're going to take it one step at a time and just keep pushing that Joker. You're going to tour with it? Forward. I am going to tour with it. I need a booking agent. That's what I'm looking for now. I need somebody to book these shows.
1: All right. From your mouth to the ears of the, the hardest God's working. Listeners. Listeners. If God Whoever. listens to a,
4: a, a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> join me. That
1: sugar. should
4: be our tagline. Uh, Questlo Supreme, God's favorite podcast. <laughs> yes. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> that's it.
5: But I'm excited, and uh, I'm excited about the work I produced. Uh, well, hands on, I produced. I say four of them. Oh, nice. And um, and I work with Brooke DeLow
3: Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, yes. This, Oh, it's going to be, gonna be good. Yeah. so good.
5: It's, gonna go good. Oh. Y'all, it's gonna be, oh. I mean, goddamn, y'all didn't respond like that when I said <laughs> I did my first song. Oh, yeah, so we, didn't, we didn't expect we didn't
2: to did hear d- Brooks' name. Damn, that was Christmas. That's yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I'm, re- I'm yeah. No, we were no. literally
4: just talking about this before you got here, yeah. about how, like, you know, artists, uh, I mean, not to say J. older Baby got artists. shafted.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, how well, J. Baby got shafted and also just
4: how, like, artists that are you know of the older generation how they need to work with like the new jacks that Mm -hmm. grew up listening to them Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like they need that and you don't you don't really see too much of that now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i mean i think but brooke
0: is like half and half he's one of them and then he's not like he
5: ain't that young
4: well, he's not that young, well, but he, like, well, he's not forty either. Right,
1: but
5: they're the they're the OGs of the younger badasses exactly. that are happening exactly. now. Exactly, right, they right, were around
0: right. to see it. They weren't invited to. Participate. They're yeah, the younger yeah, OGs, right.
5: and yes. they're trailblazers and kick-ass fucking originals. Wait, you can, know? But I, I'm I'm excited. Brooke did a, a, an amazing. Job. It was fantastic working I, with Brooke. And
1: observational him. note: this is the first time in uh, all these episodes that I've seen bill get genuinely excited <laughs> about right. music coming out like you awaken something in him that has been Yay. dead for so long that's i'm glad you're
5: excited bill.
1: Uh, wow excited. that's incredible because he uh, hates everything i well,
5: mean I'm, I'm and i'm i'm pleased with it. the album is you know it's fucking bump i can't wait for the show i can't Thank wait for the show it's bumping it's bass heavy it's mostly up-tempo Shit jamming, mid tempo and up tempo, and it's a couple of you know slower yeah. ones on there too. Brook's our dude,
1: man. Like,
5: Brook is a drum smith and, and a and a and a hardcore tech nerd.
2: Yes, he is. And for those of those yeah. listening that don't know who Brook is, he produced a Miguel's Adore, right? Yes, he did. And some did other... he do door He did Adorn. I think so. Well, he was a, it was part of the Grammy performance. Oh, okay, okay, okay. At okay, least,
4: yeah. but so, he
5: did. Yeah, he produced a couple of um Miguel's, and he was yeah. his music director. Yeah, he yeah, 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 he was yeah. his MD. Yeah, yeah
2: but dude's badass. But yeah, he's
5: so. just a ridiculous Tune Smith. And and it really helped me uh get my drums together. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm fi with my my beats be fine. but I I needed help getting them like chunkier, like the sonics of them getting them wide and full. He really helped me wait, do that. Wait, you're
1: saying that you take long tedious drum solos on stage? Just I joking. J- I anyway.
4: <laughs> I don't think that's what you're saying. Just playing. I know. Love-
1: anyway. <laughs> Joy, uh, we thank you. This is this is like thank our you. first real conversation. I feel like I know you now. It is. <laughs> it I is our, our first real conversation. <laughs> thank pleasure.
5: you, Well, no, this is. I said, remember, we had a really great conversation at Darp when I let you listen to yes, Star Kitty's Revenge. Yes, yes, remember that? you're right. Yes, we
2: didn't yes. talk about that record at all.
4: Yeah, we didn't get Star Kitty. That oh, was uh, that was record you and Sadiq or well, Rafter, He uh,
5: no.
2: no, he no. did the joint after. He did the, he he did did the Tennessee. one after. Yeah. He, ah, he, he was did, executive okay.
5: producer of Tennessee Slim. Well, Tennessee That's Slim. one of my favorite well, ones. Well, he says, well, Tennessee Slim is the bomb. He says, and this is out of his mouth, he says, I didn't produce that record, I just played bass on a couple of songs. <laughs> Good for him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what he says. That's nice. And he says, you produced that record. Yeah. And I did, and I am like that with all of my projects, but it, it, I, I, I choose wisely on Gosh. who I choose to work with because I they bring out the best in me. And I them. So I appreciate Ray for that. But yeah, Tennessee Something was one of my favorites. too. Nah, no, that was me. half some of it was Dallas. Some of it was organized noise. Some of it was Raphael. Um and this other cat, I can't even remember that brother's name right now. Andre something. Fuck. Yeah. I don't remember. But those were the people that worked on Star Kitty. So if, I was already out from under Dallas at that time. And gotcha. Yeah. But anyway I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad I was here. It was fun. So glad you
1: came. Thank you. Y'all and are awesome. Well, you are awesome too. Thank you. And uh, I appreciate it. We thank the. You
0: look amazing. I can't see thank you here. Much. So I just want everybody to know. Like,
2: we'll, we'll get all the looks. Andre Betts.
5: Andre Betts. Thank you. Andre Betts? That brother. Andre Betts sure Betts, he did. B
2: E T T
1: S. B E T T S. Oh, I thought you meant Andre Betts. Yes. And no, did no, Human, no, no, human no, Nature.
2: No, no. My right.
1: I'm like, wait, he's
5: still Andre Betts. He did get on. Yeah, okay. On the album. Yup.
1: We got him. Andre Betts. He did. All right, well, on behalf of the Team Supreme, Fanteca Lowe, uh, Boss Bill. First LA. And a. A. And, a. 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 and our guest, Joy, thank you very much. Thank, uh, thank you. you for the kind folks at Westlake Audio. This is an awesome experience. Shout out to Bubbles' yeah. room. Shout out Bo- to Bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah, yeah, Bubbles' room
2: up there. Uh-huh. Bubbles. Looking yeah. down over us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and thank you, Coco, because we are bringing in yes, our new year with Coco. a female engineer. Bam. Yeah, there Woo. we go. Hell Shout yeah, Coco. Hello.
3: With the cold cold. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, y'all. On behalf,
1: <laughs> on, on, on behalf of Team Supreme, this is Questlove, and uh, we'll see you on the next go-round. Thank you very much. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.